Welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, episode 63. John, how are you this afternoon? I'm fucking excited to do this. This is going to be a great episode. This whole weekend was amazing. How are you doing, is the question. I'm doing good. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about TOS and COS uh, weekend. And actually, I, uh, me and the family watched this uh, TOS at your house that night. So uh, yeah, we yeah. probably pretty much did half the podcast there. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to discuss uh, with TOS 8. We'll, we'll keep and maintain the secrecy that we do when GCW people come over. <laughs> we're not going to mention too much. You know, around the kids, it did get a little wild. They were having their Jackbox time. And, you know, everybody was having a good time. But uh, yeah, we won't mention anything too crazy over here. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was real crazy. We had we had kids everywhere. It was great. So the terminal. Let's start there. Um, I'll go first. Okay. So we'll we'll go ahead and we'll go into this tournament of survival just a touch, but we're gonna get over to this tournament. Terminal. Oh God, no! If I start tournament terminal, if that starts, we're gonna be in trouble. So we open to a video package with a focus on tonight's participants. This is our first look at the terminal. I already missed the carousel room. I'm not gonna lie, but with some decoration and lighting, the terminal will come alive. It's big enough for GCW to hopefully hopefully make an entrance area. I know I'm just kind of going out there, but we really haven't had one. It's just been more of a walkout in a whatever. And I'd like to see maybe an entrance come out of this. I do understand that uh, we are changing from a colorful carousel room into a place with a more white and open area. So it looks bare for now. This is something you and I spoke of. You were talking about this more. I guess I listened to it and forgot half of it, but Brett acknowledges this too. He said, look, we're still figuring out camera angles. We're still figuring out paint and decorations, just, just all the stuff we're mentioning. But yeah, when you go from this colorful carousel room into this wide open place that to me looks like a large parking garage, I mean, that's the best way to put it is that or if someone wanted to store construction equipment in a large warehouse, that's another kind of feel. But talk to me about this one, man. So uh, from the podcast that I heard last night, Brett did say that was like the old bus terminal. That's where all the buses used to drive through um, at the showboat and stuff. And yeah, I, I had the same thing. First thing that popped up was the MLJ and first the first sight, I was like, Oh, that's not the same. Like I was already right side on site. I was just like, not good. Like I wasn't too happy with it just because you said like it was just bare. Um, I did like the banners. The banners was a cool part of it. But other than that, it just felt very plain and bleak. And then uh, having the big uh, air conditioning unit in the back. And then uh, one of the camera angles we saw like the next night, like or no, uh, this night, the fans. It looks like the big giant fans are above the ring, even though it's not above the ring. It's off to the side. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I wasn't too uh, happy with it, but as Brett said, and as you said, uh, just now too, this was their first show. They're going to be working on the camera angles. I, they said, it, uh, Brett said it's not going to look the same as it did now. Like I think it just yeah. opened. So they're probably going to be painting it and decorating it a little bit more over these next couple AC shows we see too. So I'm interested to see what it turns out to what it turns out looking like because after the first weekend i was not too happy with it but luckily all the action kind of did uh take my focus off of how the terminal looked pretty quickly okay so i'm gonna go ahead and kind of go through this slowly because what i did was write down a nice big long 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 paragraph and it's kind of how i feel 
a couple of the sentences that I say here may have already been mentioned between you and I, but I wanted the listeners to kind of go with what I was feeling and what I was saying. I'm, I like to write, so we have writing. But I put that the banners they hung were a nice touch, and I see where some other additions could help the terminal feel more like home. It was already said, but uh, this was on a previous podcast. It was already said, but I'd like the hard cam angle a touch higher to show more depth in the ring. A hard cam that's somewhat flush with the ring gives it a two-dimensional aspect. And the way the camera positioned um, also made the ceiling look a touch low, but that was because the terminal was extremely deep. From the way they were shooting, it was extremely deep. So you could see that go down, and it's an optical illusion. You, you know, most most didn't think about that, and I had to look at it for a while. Dude, you sat on the couch with me, and we're like, that ceiling is low, or at least one of us was like, that ceiling's low. And then I thought the fan was directly over the wrestling ring. And I'm like, that's genius. <laughs> but initially I'm like, do they have room to jump fully? Cause it looked, it was an optical illusion. Yeah. I jumped to the next night of like how they're going to put the cage in there with it looking that low um, with the cage of survival. But Brett did say, as you said, I, I think um, the terminals deep, as you were saying, uh, I think he said they could fit a lot more people in there than they can they could the carousel room so that was a good thing i really yeah. uh, liked hearing that because of the big shows as brett calls like ac and like um the show both the kind of destination shows people go down there to see those shows because those are like he puts on really good cards for those shows to make sure that people do come out and uh get rooms at the showboat and everything like that um so it, hopefully whenever they get those big cars like the cardona versus gauges and I'm yeah. kind of thinking at homecoming, maybe some uh, June Kasai versus Nick Gage possibly happen at homecoming. Ooh. I would like to see the how much the crowd fills up the terminal and see how packed it could really get and how it looks on camera because nothing beats a full looking carousel room. Where there's like no one walking even because there's no space to walk. So uh, that is one thing I'm looking forward to see how many people they could really hold in the terminal. I'll just step. I'll just mention it just for a second and I won't go too far with it, but because the, the name is still mentioned in fresh just for a moment or two on even the official GCW podcast, Alex Cologne and June Kasai could have been a killer match. Also, Murdoch and Kasai, even though some people may not know, um, Murdoch style with, with Kasai, I don't think there's a side there between the two performers that would say no to a stunt. So that could go really crazy real fucking quick. So I wanted to mention that real quick. <clears throat> okay so back to this terminal situation so again we mentioned some of this stuff before but the fan looked positioned over the ring even though that was not true but i'm sure the fan is a welcome addition to the crowd especially in the summertime so i'm hoping that stays that way and we only saw one side so i don't know if there's other fans over there in the terminal but it'll uh It'll take a while for everyone to get comfortable with the place um, with the industrial sized garage door in the back that we could see in the back right corner there. That uh, could be a, it could be great for bringing in large props for matches. The ceilings are high, which allows the wrestlers to do anything inside that building. I kept mentioning it while we were watching. I like the natural light that comes through the ceiling in the daytime. I think for some reason that light can add some theatrical something to it if somebody knows how to do something good and use the light with it you can really make a moment i'm not kidding it's like having a spotlight on you anyway that might be going too deep for performance but it's an idea right 
you know, someone's struggling and you have the light like right there on them and they're reaching like be awesome. Well, when I watched the JCW show, I was kind of kind of noticed or wanted to see the difference. I would look at night because that show was like at midnight over there, or th- two in the morning. It was late over there. Um, it looked a little bit better at night, too. I, I kind of agree with you. There was one point like I think you caught it during the tournament as like the sun was setting. It looked like or maybe it was just a camera angle the way they caught it. It looked pretty cool. Um, like, I think someone was there and, like, the light just shined kind of perfectly onto that person. It was like, oh, that was a cool little visual. As you said, if someone was able to take good video or camera angles of uh, pictures at that angle, I think it would be look pretty cool. Mm. Well, so we'll flip from day to night. I would love to see the lighting at night in that place. I'm curious of where they're going to go with it. Will it look more yellow? Will it look more orange? Because sometimes you have terminals that, you know, those are those orange lights that they use to, you know, for longevity. They put them in and they're supposed to go for years. So white, orange, yellow. Could it have a blue to it? I, I didn't really see too much about it, but I'm really like part of me would love to see old fashioned light bulbs like the bar lighting that you would see. Um, I don't know. Something about it just seems intimate. It would bring an intimacy in a place like that, but there was plenty of space both horizontally, uh, horizontally, ha, horizontally and vertically. So this place is primarily tooled for a large crowd, like you said. It's tooled for growth. I tried to look at several angles to see the other walls in the building. I'm curious if they may change angles at some point, but like you were saying, they're still considering where they're going to actually be in this one. So it's not something that they're. No, it's not permanent right now is what we're talking. They very well may change it up. But (laughs) like an ugly date, I'm giving the terminal a chance. I think that over time, with some decorations, she'll be lovely. I think that in time, it could be something we're proud of and happy to call our own. The carousel room also is not closed forever. And maybe we could see ourselves back there at some point. But maybe the terminal is also temporary. And ownership isn't thrilled they got pushed into the warehouse. You know, GCW might not, I'm sure it's not thrilled that this situation took place. And if they had the chance, they would have stayed in the carousel room. I'll stop right there for a second. You got that game face on. No, I was just going to say, Brett did kind of like talk about their whole relationship with the showboat and everything of how they kind of built that trust. And um, I know a lot of like, they were, this was an older podcast. It was, it just came out, but it was supposed, it was recorded before TOS. Like some of the fans were asking, Hey, what can we expect from the matches where there still be glass and all that stuff? And Brett's like, yeah, like we've earned that trust with them. They trust us. It's still going to be the exact same thing that we saw in the carousel room, the action and stuff. And um, it sounded, it sounded like as it wasn't just uh, the, the ownership, just in general of the whole, the showboat, the person kind of like, like it's the middle person between management and with talking with Brett and finding out the spot, they sounded like they wanted to keep it in the carousel room, but that person's hand was tied and hey like it is going to happen they talked about it, and then one morning they they sent the pictures of them rolling up the carpet from the carousel rooms like oh shit it's real here so um that hurt yeah that hurt yeah i think they will be at the carousel i think they are the terminal for a while now i i do think they're going to build it into something as we'll see by the end of like by the end of this year we should have a better uh look especially like by new year's i think that will be the kind of like the final point of hey this is what the terminal is going to be looking like when GCW's in because that gives it six months of painting the room and decorating it and hopefully a couple more shows to find the lighting, the banners, or whatever other decorations and camera angles they're going to work with. I think by by New Year's, we'll find out exactly what GCW is going to look like uh, from, from then on uh, in the terminal. So 
back to this writing here. I put it to me. It looks like a parking garage. I am going to give it a chance, but I'm not against finding a new home venue. I'm not going to lie. I do love the pier, but I know that's not a permanent choice in inclement weather. I do love those beach shots in the daytime that they have over there at the pier. Just it makes me smile. It's fantastic. We definitely need something on those walls. Lighting, maybe colored lights going up against the walls and columns. GCW banners. Also, make them and sell them. Even with the banners, if you make some, get those son of a bitches down when they get old. Get them signed, sell them. Let's pick a color for the brand is also that we maybe need to go deep on at some point. I love the black and white. I think black and white is what we have. Um, even if for a month or two, it'd be fun to switch, but it would be really fun to keep those banners. And every couple months, man, you switch those things out. Oh, here comes Pride Month. You put up all the Pride banners, all the Pride colors, everything else. When it's, say, Halloween, you do a Halloween show, you can put up the purple and orange lights. I mean, have fun with it. Buy lights ahead of time that have multiple color options in them so that you can change them up for whatever. And just in color alone, without banners, you can really change the place up. I don't know if they have a chance to play with the lighting that's overhead. I'm guessing since it's a terminal, it's lights on, lights off. So I doubt they can, you know, turn down the lights over the fans and keep the ring lit, things like that. That's not GCW style primarily, most shows. But yeah, I wonder about those things. So yeah, uh, I recommend a double curtain system so people can't see all the way into the back of the entrance area. An example is this. An example of this is the entrance at the UCC. I want to just make it. We haven't talked about improvements lately because GCW's done so many. I just want to find some things that really make sense. When you're watching an entrance to the UCC, you see someone open up the curtain. You can see like four motherfuckers back there. It's like you can almost see all the way into the the alley back there. You you can't, but you're seeing way too far to the back. One of my things would be to take a curtain and put it there and then 10 feet forward. That's where you put your entrance. So have your entrance where it normally is, but 10 feet back, put a black curtain. So even if someone can see back there, all they see is a small amount of hallway and another black curtain. It kind of makes things look a little more professional, too, when you can't see all the way back there with people walking around. I don't know how many shows you've seen where that curtain's been pulled and you can see like 18 people just standing around back there. Put up a double curtain. Yeah, but also I I, I, I totally agree with you, but it's like funny, like the moments that could come out of that, like when they caught Ali Catch doing Jordan's entrance as he comes out, you know, he pounds yeah. his chest like she's doing that as he's entering, but she's like in the back, not knowing that she's going to be taped and stuff. I thought those were pretty cool, like little moments that they could catch up with there. But I agree with you with the professionalism. It kind of does make it look a little bit professional. Um, not seeing everyone just walking around back there and like still it, kind of getting their match together and everything else. It's not being super picky. It's just another thing that with just one investment in a six foot to 10 foot curtain expandable you can block that whole thing off so you can't see anyone in the back so on and so forth it just it looks a little better i do think gcw was very lucky having that colorful room to work with so now it's up to them to what to do with this and i think the possibilities are exciting i'm just gonna say it again man um i'm not against them finding a new place i i want to see what they can do and the christening of this place with these death matches was a was a great start. No lie. But I'm I'm holding out on full judgment because what we just did was we went from color TV to black and white TV. It'll be a while. And we were told by ownership that things are changing. So uh, I'm hoping for that.
Yeah, I'm excited what they could turn into. Hopefully, they're able to have a little bit more say to like kind of make it more GCW style instead of just like for everybody. But I know they do like boxing and MMA and stuff like uh, in that terminal area now too. So um, really, yeah, they do. They'd have a bunch of those events at the showboats um, throughout the year as well. So I do think they will be turning into something as of just right now. They kind of like, hey, we already had this tournament planned and. We just we're just going to open this place just for you guys for right now, and then probably fix it up after this tournament. So uh, I'm very interested to see. I think they'll turn it turn it out pretty good. I just don't think it could compare to Carousel Room. But after this week, just the action alone and the fans did make it feel a little bit more uh, homely than I originally first saw. <laughs> so let's get into TOS Eight here. Talk about this. So Emil came out in his Terry Funk slash Cactus Jack shirt. Awesome fucking pick, dude. I'm in Atlantic City. The fans came to have fun and be loud. Thank you so much to the fans for that. It made the show better. Enthusiasm is what GCW is all about. Some venues, no lie, the fans can get too quiet. We've seen it. It's bullshit. You're there to have fun. You're part of the fun. Enjoy yourselves. But it's just you paid to be entertained. Get hyped. You all know that I'm not talking to the hardcore fans, but for the hardcore fans that I am talking to, just you're going to have to be the cheering section to pick everyone else up until they get to that point. Chance of TOS, chance of GCW ring out throughout the terminal. And, you know, GCW couldn't come home without the king, Nick Gage. Gage out hypes up the crowd for TOS 8. There were fuckery chants from the crowd. Gage is looking much slimmer lately. We've talked about that a little, so I won't get too much into it, but he looks a fuck ton better, right? Yeah, that was the first thing we noticed, too. Like, he looked uh, even a little bit more slimmer in Vegas, too. He looked slimmer, too. But in th- I think watching yeah. it on play out in this, like, you could tell, like, he's really slimmed down. That's good. Like, I, that kind of gives me hope for uh, uh, hopefully maybe a June Kasai Gage uh, matchup coming down the line with uh, Kasai being. I know we're kind of s- spoiling a little bit there, but. Uh, uh, with him getting in shape, it makes me think that he's got something coming down the line matchup-wise and he's still not going to be taking it easy. So maybe Cardona even, maybe they finish this whole thing with Cardona and Steph Delander with him and Maki. Uh, I don't know. I, I do, I'm do. i just happy to see him in shape, though. It means like hopefully we'll see a couple more matches from coming up from him down the road. You know, the other thing is, is that we've seen Nick Gage and Jordan Oliver kind of work out and... For the longest time, you could see that Gage was slowly getting in shape. And then, like we were talking about, Las Vegas is where we were like, wait a minute. Gage's circumference went way down real quick. I don't know what the hell happened. I'll take it. It makes him look like what we miss. Old Gage. Two years ago, Gage. That's what I miss. That's what it looks more like. And I feel happy that he's back because sometimes you see people, they get to certain places. They just never come back, you know. Chris Jericho will never be Lionheart. That's just how that is. Part of that's time. Part of that's his age. Now, you know, it's just, but I, I, let me hit you with a question since we're sitting here talking and I mentioned Jordan Oliver for a minute, just for a minute here. I want to kind of, because Jordan Oliver's example, I think was that if you go take yourself seriously, get to the gym, you can really go places. And I think other GCW talents are doing the same and have been doing the same for a while. I've seen Ali catched on it. You know, Blake Christian is beefing up a little. I don't know if anybody's been seeing that. Jack Cartwheel has done the same. There are people that have been taking themselves more seriously lately in the gym, and I really appreciate that. Effie, 
Effie has also. That's his new, you know, his new thing to get into is that. So we were talking about Jordan Oliver. So I'm going to hit you with the first one. Who is going to be the team to take the titles from the East West Express? You can even add more than one team, but who do you think would be the team that would do it? And I mean, it's wide open. Ah, that, that's a Dirty, tough one. Huh? Well, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't the don't want to go to SGC, Bussy, Macisos, or um, any form of like the Art of War Games tag team combinations. Well, Man. I'd say. I'd say Macisos is not ready right now because we we keep showing uh, we keep seeing Miedo's shoulder going out. But they still keep booking him for matches. <laughs> he still keeps yeah. booking too. That's the crazy part. I I love him. It, yeah, he's working. He's working his ass off. He's going until literally his body falls apart. I respect that. I wouldn't mind seeing a more hardcore slash extreme kind of team win it. Did that make so that way it makes sense of hey they took. East West Express out of their like beyond their limit. They took him to place like the extreme, the tables, the doors and stuff, the stuff that they're not used to. I don't want a more traditional tag team unless it's a more well-known and a team that's been together for a while, because I, that's the thing we always talk about. East West Express is how they came together as a tag team within what 30 matches. I don't think they still had as a team and how well they work together. Um, there's not a tag team that right now in GCW Besides those four, I say like I, I kind of want to see. I kind of if it's going to be a traditional tag team, I do want to see an outside team come take it. Um, I know we'll kind of talk about it the next show. They do kind of have new outside challengers from another promotion um, coming up here. I really hope it's not them, but they could do some cool cross promotional stuff if they do go that way. But I think I would have to pick like a a little bit more extreme tag team. Kind of like the team yeah. of Nick Gage and John Wayne Murdoch kind of scared me when they were going. Well, they, they weren't the champions then, but that was kind of those one of those matches. I feel like that's out of their element that they could lose. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I held my tablet up because I was trying to hold it up as long as I could because in case you pick this team, I I wanted to be like, okay, we're on the same page. I think because of the limited amount of wrestling that really needs to go on and the popularity. I would pick Maki Death Kill for a while. I think that group, those two, I think would make the tag team division enjoyable for a while. You know, maybe until Los Macisos are healthier or maybe until someone else wants to come along and be serious. But uh, transitionary, it's just right now, Maki Ito is so hot, but she's limited by her size as to who she can wrestle. And you have Nick Gage, who does not have to wrestle at all. But if we're going to have him do it, why not put him in a tag team where he can take a breather for half the match? I'm just I'm looking at it from every side. That's just my my one. And it just came off the top of my head as you were talking like I'm going. Yeah, for me, that fills a lot of holes. But that means you're also not taking the tag team division fully seriously. We don't always do that. Like when we had Bussy do it, they took it seriously. But at the same time, they still had fun with it. Los Macisos was fucking serious. They handed it out. Um, the bastards took it seriously. So yeah, yeah. I I don't know, man. I'm giving it uh, to you. I'm like I'm trying to think. Like this is why I had to ask this when I thought this was a great question because this isn't even my hard one. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't. Okay. I, like I want it to be an established team. Just be like if it's going to be traditionally like if that's how they lose in a traditional match, it's got to be a team that's more 
uh, experience and polish and have been working together as a team, I believe. But if it's got to be like GCW people, like I think it could be like the hardcore style. Like I, I, I don't know. I just think it's it was perfect timing where they are the champions right now. Like you, it's hard to think of who could possibly take it away that I that would still keep a like a newness to the tag division. That, that's what I felt when they won. Well, actually, when uh, the Motor City Machine Guns won it, I felt that like, hey, we're in for new matchups now. We're not going to have Macisos versus Bussy and SGC Part Seven. We're going to have new matchups, new stylistic uh, matches going on, and that's what I've been wanting to see, and that's what we are seeing with them. Um, but I don't know, like I don't, I don't want an outside team to come in, but I think it could make sense if it's a big enough name, like Aussie Open, if they ran a rematch, but. I think the East West Express needs to win that rematch because they lost it the first time to show them how much they grew. So I don't know. I, at this point, I actually wouldn't mind. And I actually kind of would suggest it because like, we're trying to think of another credible team. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cause that's another thing we can talk about this later more than now, because I've had a problem with the booking of the champions and who gets the next title defenses, like, or the title shots. I've been seeing it and that's oh. been, it's been irritating to see just cause it's, it's some. It's easy booking, I think. And like, I know what they're going to say. It's an in, independent, like independent wrestling. We don't know shit. We can't plan stuff. But like, but you're planning this matchup two, six weeks out in advance. You could plan like, hey, can I get you like another in three weeks for two shows or something like that, and work together and set up some sort of story and angle that makes them make sense. Because, like, um, the, I just didn't like how like not just because. When Lufisto and Allison K got a title shot, it's like, where have you been in GCW? Kevin Blackwood on the seventeenth. That's what. Yeah, I didn't want. I didn't want to spoil like the, the what COS was, but yeah, I, that's that's the one too. No, like, we're not. That, you know no, what I mean, that, we're not really. We're just reviewing. That's and most the one. People, by the time this comes out, most of the hardcore fans. Yeah, they already have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's a great one because we're going to the LA show, and I'm sitting here going, "All right, then, who's he going up against?" You know, and, and it's Kevin Blackwood. I, I just don't that's, like that's a, a number two, number three match on, on a show. Like that's the wrestling wrestling match. That's not the, but like, what has he done to earn it too lately? Like the last time we've seen him, I think was collective. And I, and I, right now, because of the whole recap, I know he had the match against Jimmy Jacobs, but I can't remember who won that match, but it's like, like, I just don't like, I, you can make it make sense title wise to keep it separated. Like do the dream matchups. I don't care about records or stuff, but like when it comes to like title and like title shots, I get irritated just as just because it's just common sense. Like, why the fuck is this person getting a title shot? Like, why not a Gringo Loco who's won a couple matches? Why not Alec Price who's won all these scramble matches? Like, just make it make sense to me. Like, that's what, all I'm asking, and that's what I get irritated with. So, at this point, I would just do a tag team tournament. I mean, I kind of been asking for one for a little bit too after the Jacob. I've been asking for a bunch of different tournaments, but I think like a quick little one night tag team show to kind of showcase the tag division. In GCW would be fun to, to to decide who a new uh who the new number one contenders are. Then you could kind of base off of that of who went and who lost and and the crowd reactions and everything else. Then you can start building like content actual contenders that way. I just I just like it to make sense in a reasonable setting, which I think is pretty easy to do when you're discussing of who should be challenging for your company's belts. Okay, so you were asking about who is he beaten, you know, to to get uh, to yeah. get to where he is. Like March what's the last five? First, <laughs> March thirty first, Jimmy Jacobs beat Kevin Blackwood. Okay, so there. Okay, let's go to the next one. In GCW, I don't think he, Kevin Blackwood. GCW only. Yeah, this is the only. I know, right? Um, GCW. This was 
October 29th of last year, B-Boy Janela, Kevin Blackwood, and Titus Alexander beat Dom Kubrick, Drugs Bunny, Jordan Cruz, Rob Shea. It's like some GCWs hit him up 2022. Oh, yeah. How's that? The next one after that, 923 of 2022, Jordan Oliver defeats Kevin Blackwood. The next show before that, Andrew Everett defeats Kevin Blackwood. Uh, 814 of 2022, Ninja Mac defeats Kevin Blackwood. 729-2022, Masha Slamovich defeats Kevin Blackwood. Um, 717 of 2022, Nick Wayne defeats Kevin Blackwood. 715 of 20, please check this out on Cage Max. Joey Janela defeats Kevin Blackwood. Oh, there we go. The last time that Kevin Blackwood won a singles match in GCW was uh, June 19th. So basically, it'll be a full year, two days after L.A., that he's had a win on his own. That's who he's beat. Motherfucking nobody. That's, he's beat nobody. That's just a problem of mine in general, not just Blackwood, but just in I don't general. Like that. That's, that's charity belts. shit. Hate me or not, that's charity shit. They're like some of these guys haven't worked harder. Like we I didn't even get by Kingo we put a Kevin chance. Blackwood. Hey, you know, like he doesn't have fuck yeah, Commander, like, like, Alec Price, for it. like uh, I can name ten Jesus ten Christ. people, I think, that just like even based off of just wins alone, like it it just makes sense. And I, I think it's just easy. Dude, my main event, my main event is half the the piss that I'm gonna go take. That sucks. But here's the thing: Seriously. that's not even I gonna mean, be the main hope, event. That's that's my kind of problem. Not. Like that's you have your world champion, and like they're gonna be is on their Effie? first offense. No, I think it's is gonna it be Zack Saber, and I think it's gonna be Zack Saber and Nick Nick Ooh. Age versus Zack Saber on that card. I hope so. I think I that's so the main event. Like that is a big main Jeez. event, but like let's say. You can't follow that up with Blackwood and and God, Christian because no. now that's your first title defense and that's not gonna keep the fans invested after Gage versus uh, Nick Gage versus Zack Saber. But like, it, let's say you put it Commander versus Blake Christian, Gringo versus Blake Christian, Alec Price against Blake Christian. Like, you got a GCW person like that we've seen that's won and has momentum, has something like. Boom, it makes sense. If you're going to do Blackwood versus Christian, do what AEW does. And like, this is why I don't get mad at AEW when they do this weird booking. It's an eliminator. Like, hey, it's not for the title. This is a match. If you win, now you've earned it. Now you can get it. Hey, you lost back here. Now we're still trying to figure out who could be the title. Next person to challenge for the title. But at least you don't put that stakes on or give that stakes to that person when they haven't done anything to deserve the title. So you're at least making them beat the champion to earn the title shot instead of just, oh, I haven't won in, as you damn near said, almost a year in GCW. And now here, here's a title shot just because you work in LA uh, often and like you're a good wrestler. Like I, I, I just don't like, this is nothing against Blackwood. Like, like I said, this is just in general booking that I don't like for ch- championships. If this was a regular match, I don't give a fuck. You don't need to build up that match for independent wrestling. But I think for your title and for your first, your champion's first defense, it should have some sort of common sense reasoning of why that person deserves the title shot. Well, I'm just, I'm just floored by it. I was just, I'm in a situation where I'm going, okay, what about Mance fucking Warner? Yep. He didn't earn a fucking shot on this like at all. He now he doesn't get a crack. Now I know this card. I'll, here's where I'll give a little bit. And this is where it goes to Brett's credence and of why he's going to say like, it's hard to book these kind of stuff and build storylines consistently. You yeah. have Jordan, Nick Wayne, Joey Janela, Gringo Loco. They're all in Europe right now. They're going to be in Europe for this card. So they're unavailable. So I get you don't have people available to you, but Effie makes more of a sense 
going against Blake Christian for the title than Mance Warner does. Like, yeah, I mean, not Mance Warner, Kevin Blackwood does. But like, I, I don't know. I, I, I even Maki, give Maki Ito the first chance at Black, at Christian for for this matchup. Like, you have her in a match against uh, Rena. Like, give Rena. Like, you could have done something. You already got these people on the card that makes sense storyline for the belts. Like, like that's why I'm only complaining it about this is just because it's for the belt. Like for the title, like if it's just going to be a dream matchup, that then go ahead. I don't care about that. So that's what makes GCW fun is those dream matchups. But when it's for the title, I just want it to make sense of like you can name like the last like someone who's won three matches in a row in GCW. Even I would take like, hey, it makes sense. They at least won, and they've they've we've seen their face for a couple of weeks. We haven't seen Blackwood since the collective. Like, but he walks right into a title shot. Like I, I just it just After irritated going two me. and twelve. Yeah, that too. Or two and ten. Like that's the only thing I really wish that GCW would get better at is booking the the championship matches in a logistical and like make it logical sense. Not logistical, logical. And like they're probably thinking logistical. I'm thinking logical. So I just that's the one thing I would just like to see is better booking of the belts and championship defenses to make it make sense. I I uh I'm trying to really I just I'm not interested in him. Nothing nothing personal please it's just i don't see anything interesting i'm not really into him i don't find his size or weight as somebody who should be a strong striking anything because like i always say what happens when i want to step in the ring at 6'3 265 pounds and i want to be the strong striker it throws off booking a lot and i don't know what else to really say that's i mean i just I'm not. Uh, yeah, that's my normally his matches are he's matched up. I'm just like, that's yeah, nothing against Kevin Blackwood fans. I'm so sorry. I am not happy with this as a championship. Who, who, oh, if he wins this fucking thing, I want to know what the fans will do. I really do. They're going to be in a real fucking weird position if they give that to Kevin Blackwood. People go, oh, yeah, it's great. And then they're like, oh, fuck, we got Blackwood as our goddamn champion. What a, oh. Yeah, that's the, that's the only thing that's been kind of bugging me. And that, it's been hope. bugging me for like the last, like that's really the only thing that's been bugging me, but like not bugging it's me enough. Online. I'm still going to show up. It just, uh, the booking of yeah. the champions, like I don't, like, I don't know. Like even the ones that Masha went against for the most, like Speedball made sense. Speedball's been on an incredible run and that's like his first chance at GCW title. Like that's something like, why did like this person put on incredible matches for a year and they they take a year to get this match but then like i said you got like some of the people that just came off the streets this is their second gcw show in two years and they get the title shot and it makes no sense because it's not even that big of a name like it feels like a giant name well, i can a, understand it's a it's a this is a i'll tell you what this is this is a bullshit match and i'll tell you why it's a bullshit match is there's no story and we're just in la and that's the local and he's on twitter having rough times and he's not sure if he wants to wrestle and he's having rough times with tattooing and everything else. So he's getting a shot to come out to LA, gets good money, challenging for the championship and um, all the best, but uh, yeah, that's not what people want to see. I'm just telling you. And I hear that from more than just you and me going, that's, that's the first championship defense is him. Why? We just went over dude is two and 12, you know, why you should not be in the playoffs yeah. you should be down in the trenches f- trying to figure out how to fucking play football before you get up there 
scramble matches. Well, hell, let's just give everyone a shot. Why don't we just give Janai Kai a shot while we're at it? Fuck, Janai has a better record than he does in her last 12 matches. See, like Titus, like Titus too. I would would take Titus over Blake Blake Christian or have that be the matchup because Titus... I don't know. There's a lot of names. This is not a blow just... off. I, I have to count it as a blow off because no one's real thrilled with it that I'm talking to. Yeah. They're not like, oh, this is the dream. Nobody's going, you know, hashtag dream matchup. Yeah. Yeah. This is like one of their biggest fucking crowds they get every year is out here in L.A. And we're getting that. I'm like, wah, wah. You really could have given us a good guy to get behind to boo Blake. Like, give us a real good guy. No sympathy. No bullshit. Like, give us a face. The only thing I can save it for me. Face. He's usually some mean striker guy. The only thing that's going to save is if you're going to further on whatever, whoever Blake's next opponent is going to be. Like if, if it's just a match and Blake cheats to win and then that's it and he walks out and they flip him off and like doesn't lead towards his next title defense or maybe who could challenge for him or who's pissed off and thinks they deserve the next title. Like if it doesn't lead to something else and it's just, a matchup and that's it then i'll be very disappointed in it just because like i said it's not furthering your the the biggest name on your your champion is not being booked for anything further along other than just see how it play it by ear kind of thing and i i don't know i just think you could do some stuff even if it's for two three shows build something up over two to three shows to make it for the next title and that's if what we're talking three weeks so that's still at least his first title is a shot or first title of the fence was th- is within the first month of him holding the belt. Like you could build something on that takes three weeks to build. Even if it's social media, we talk about the social media. Build something up that way. Charles Mason, I think, should be like if he wasn't a heel, like against Blake Christian, would be an awesome t- first title competitor. Even Kenny King, I think, would be a good one. Like, hey, like he just got off Impact. He's a well-known name, and he's a bigger name than Blackwood. Probably, I, in my opinion, a better wrestler and. That would make sense to have him come down and challenge Blake Christian. So now Blake could test his medal against, you know, TV competitors on impact. I don't know. I just, the booking of it just didn't make sense. And yeah, as you said, kind of take, took the sales away from LA a little bit. And then once finding out that a lot of our, uh, the ones, the regulars that we like, aren't going to be there to uh, kind of took the sales out of LA a little bit, but I, at least I got, we get to see Los Macisos. That's what I'm really excited for and looking forward to the most so far. So, Let's have some fun with the title defenses that are coming up for Blake Christian. This is why I know it's just, well, gosh. <laughs> but see, here's going to be, a, there's going to be a name you're going to say, and I'm going to, you're not going to like, why is he going to shot? And I'm going to be all for it. Cause I actually love that wrestler. Okay. And good, good. And we, I mean, we just saw them at the collective too, and they fucking tore the house. Like to me, he was one of the more memorable people from okay. that company. Well, here's, here's what we have in LA. He's going to go against Kevin Blackwood. Okay. He's in uh, the next show. He's going to go against Gringo Loco, which I that makes sense. Yes, that makes absolute sense. If somebody's fucking earned it, he has. OK, then the next one next after that, we're going to Huntsville, Alabama, where he's going to defend it against Adam Priest. OK, and then the next show after that, he's going to Florence, Alabama, where he's supposed to defend that up against Brandon Williams. Here's what's going on. There's not a storyline for the next month to a month and a half for this guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, What? What what does that say for the importance of the championship? What does that say for a Blake Christian run? It's almost like they're like, okay, just go nail out this job or go nail it. No, we're not going to give you a high intensity match with, you know, a storyline and, you know, a video package. No. Yeah. I want to see a video package between Blake Christian and Brandon Williams. 
mean, come on. And see, there's two people. I too. I sound cranky. Well, there's Mao. I know he's defending it in New York against Mao, I, I believe. Uh-huh. And that one I'm all for because like he killed That's it awesome. from DDT. That makes sense because, hey, this we just saw him. He's from another company. We just saw how awesome he did. He killed it, had great matches when tag matches. That's why he's going to get the title shot. Uh, and the next one's Richard Holiday. Richard Holiday is an MLW wrestler, just like just coming back from beating cancer, and is now a free agent. And that's it's that's kind of the same thing. I was thinking with Kenny King, a big name, a bigger name that's coming from a bigger company, quote unquote, that has a lot more eyes on them, and that makes sense. Of hey, you want to test yourself, Blake? Test yourself against one of the best in MLW that that was there, Richard Holiday. Like you're going against higher names, like. No offense to Blackwood. Blackwood's not a higher name than even Blake Christian compared to these other wrestlers that they're going against. So I, the, to me, that's why just like in those names that you said alone, just in the, the Deep South shows, like that just doesn't mid, make any sense. Mid, yeah. mid and more mid. More fucking mid. That's our championship match. So here's what's going to happen. Maybe they're moving down the championship because there's more important shit going on in the main event. Because that cannot be possibly the main event. How many times have we seen the number two, three, or four match be Blake Christian versus local guy in the in the South? Yeah, Atlanta. Hunter Drake know, last Orlando, year. <laughs> Hunter Drake, you know, Sandwich. Sandwich needs. To, he's getting a match with Sandwich. I'm like, come on, man. Sorry, I called him <laughs> Hunter Drake. That's my boy. Just get him a sandwich. I like him. A, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, oh God, I'm incredibly lovely tonight. Okay. 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 <laughs> So, so Nick Gage, that's where we were at. So Nick Gage comes in. What? That'd be a good next challenger. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, yeah, you know, I I don't know this at this LA show. Uh, we we might have to talk about that. So Nick Gage comes out. He says the crowd makes him love coming out to the ring. He asks for the trophy. He sends Dewey to go out and get the trophy. He asks the crowd if Dewey should be carved up. The crowd said no. Gage was disappointed. He said he wanted them to say that they wanted Dewey carved up. Dewey comes out with Zandig. Zandig is holding the trophy. John gets in the ring and introduces himself. Huge cheers for Zandig. He says him and Gage started this deathmatch shit, and then they decide to start beating the shit out of each other with tubes. Eventually, Gage gets put in a corner, and he eats a bundle of light tubes to the forehead. It was kind of awkward. Zandig grabs a mic and says, I don't know where the fuck that just came from. Uh, Zandig's covered in cuts. He extends his hand. He picks up Gage. He thanks Gage for the fun. To me, Gage's demeanor was just different after that impromptu, quote unquote, fight. He wasn't exactly thrilled with John, is what I got from it. And Gage was not carrying himself the same after that. Zandig's hands over the microphone in a respectful manner. Gage grabs the mic as Zandig leaves the ring and he says, fuck you, God. Fuck you, John. But it's MDK all fucking day. So as Gage leaves the ring, you can see the blood running from the top of his head. And then Emil came in and quoted Zandig. So I thought that was fucking hilarious. So we got it. Jesus. Um, talk to me. What you thinking? What do you think? <laughs> what was that? Like, so okay okay so did you hear the last podcast on uh the gcw yeah but brett's saying that zandig did it first nick was the first one that hit nick, zandig nick started it yeah that's what like and then he was like oh maybe zandig wanted to get that you one little minute of wrestling it was like no nick was the one who started it and like zandig's like what the you fuck was that was? and then you could tell like nick was trying to get him to work but zandig just like no fuck you like what the hell was that what i think just for fun i'm just guessing i'm just guessing 
I think maybe Zandig was pumped up from being out there in the crowd, like Brett was saying, just pumped up. And he said, Nick, grab a fucking thing and hit me. And maybe Gage went, all right, dude, went over there and grabbed something, fucking cracked him. He may not from that point forward have expected that there was going to be a little tussle, including Gage getting fucking glass. Well, Gage was the one that seemed like he wanted the fight and Zandig was the one like, what the yeah. fuck? Like just standing there, like just kind of, it was weird. Not bullied him, but like kind of like overpowered him. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like kind of thing in the corner, like calm down. But as you said, Zandig did pick up the first light tube and then he held it. And then I think like he told Nick to grab one or handed Nick to pointed to Nick to grab one. And then that's when yeah. Yeah, all that shit started. But I, I just remember watching that draft. like, what the fuck was that? Like, what just happened? Like, uh-huh. who would, did someone God, just shoot? Awkward. Did someone not want to wrestle? Like, then, as you said, maybe Xander, like, wanted to do it, then got hit by the light tube. It was like, okay, fuck this. We're not doing it. And Nick's like, no, you said it. We're going at it. It was weird, but it was a cool and interesting way to start TOS. I think, <laughs> I think it was like the crowd was like kind of confused, but also like, hey, light tubes and blood. Yeah, let's fucking go. The match hasn't even started yep. yet. So I thought it turned out really good, but weird uh, execution on it. You know, First of all, I think that's really cool. Second thing, if you can't really wrestle too much and you're one of those Hall of Famers, it is cool to come out and just get in a little punch, punch, punch with someone just for fun. Get a little color, get a couple punches in. You don't even have to fall down. People come over and separate you. Oh, my God. Like, just for a while, it would be fun. You'd almost see one of the old guys come alive again. And see, that didn't even happen. Like, no one even came out. Like, everybody's like, what the fuck is going on? Like. That was weird, but that was be that would be yeah. one of those things that maybe get uh on the GCW Patreon podcast one day to sit down, sit those two down and figure out what the hell happened there. Dude, it was it was weird as hell. I I still don't really understand fully what was going on there. Yeah, but uh, as we said, light tubes are broken, blood has been drawn, and the first match hasn't even started yet. But after they cleaned the ring. <laughs> Of the glass, they put more glass in, and the first matchup of TOS 8 is a triple threat death match, as uh, all the first round was. As the uh, Ciclope, I was gonna say the team of Ciclope, but uh, they're not in 18. Damn time, near, right? damn near the team of in this one. Yes, uh, Ciclope goes against Green Phantom and Miedo Extremo, and yeah, as you said, Extremo kind of. Pops his shoulder out again during this matchup, and just you see him just kind of uh, roll on out and go to the back, holding that shoulder. So I said it for the last couple of months. Ever since they lost the belt, like just take a break, man. Take take a couple months off. I thought they should have taken the break and then came back at TOS. Go hang out. Like today, he just posted a picture. He's like, "Yes, hey, I missed this time Sunday at home with my family, and like they're all out and stuff." Like that's why I said he should have taken like three months off between losing the belt and uh. TOS, get it fully healed up, take care of that shoulder, and then him and Ciclope could have came back in better shape, refreshed, and uh, killed TOS. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, his shoulder's still hurting, but he still came out the next night wrestled. They still booked him for LA after this, knowing this shoulder injury, so it just might be one of those things he just has to learn how to kind of cope with and deal with it, pop it in and out during matchups. Um, but I thought this was a great first matchup to kind of start the, start the fuckery going on, and as one thing that also stuck out too is how tall is Green Phantom? Like that's the one thing we kept on talking. Yeah. We all talked about watching is like, holy shit, is he just that tall or are they that short? And we're like, no, he's that tall. Yeah, you know it looked good, especially against two brothers who were probably going to gang up on someone. Yeah, so, I mean, 
it could either look good for those two to gang up on him because he's bigger, or if the person was smaller and they're ganging up on him, they would have gotten heel heat. Yeah. So I think in this scenario, everyone looked good because it looked like the bigger guy was Green Phantom and they were doing what they could to, to beat this guy back from winning. I mean, you know, it was the struggle, man. One other cool thing, too, that we noticed that uh, Ciclope came out to the Macisos music that they have now, but then Miedo came out afterwards with uh, the old uh, Macisos music that he came out yeah. with in the first TOSs we saw him. I thought that was a cool little callback and moment. And it kind of showed them, like, hey, like we're brothers, but we're coming out separately. We're going to be attacking each other separately. And I was, I was excited to see how those two would uh, interact with each other in this matchup because I wanted... That to be my finals, but I guess I'd have to hope for the matchup of them just beating the shit out of each other in round one. You know, it's kind of awkward and I don't have much of an answer for it, but I always thought it was weird when, you know, like they separate, let's just say like the Usos and then they come out to the same music each entrance. Yeah, but there's no real good answer for that, except for separating the two men's entrances, like make him number two and make, you know, the other Uso like number seven or number eight in whatever or. You know, if it's a four-way, make him number two and number four, number one, number three, whatever. But I like the back-to-back though, no like demolition at the Royal Rumble. I think it was like the second Royal Rumble ever. Uh, demolition, Axe and Smash were one and two. <laughs> you hear like, oh damn, when they drew the numbers, they're like, it's going to be a long night. And the other one's like, oh yes, it is. And then like, here <laughs> one come out at number one, then you hear the same music, like what? And then the next one comes out. I thought that was a pretty cool way to do the same music while not separating them because it made kind of it was like the first time it was ever done too. So. It was kind of a surprise moment. Well, it's fantastic booking because you have to think about it. All right, number three comes in, and a number unless number three is somebody amazing, they're going to have to fight two very large, very strong opponents. I mean, it's fantastic booking. Number three could go out on his ass as fast as he came in the ring. Then here comes number four. Number five, I mean, that's fantastic booking because that could have went on for a very long time before someone put up a fight. Yeah. And a major face could have been the first one to really put up a fight. So... You know, that that that's actually really cool. I got to give him credit for that. So, all right. You ready to go through this? Because, boy, do I have a play-by-play for everyone. You got Deathmatch John's reviews tonight. So, uh, yeah. I will let you go minute by minute with all the fuckery and mayhem. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm going to just mention that generally when I do death matches, I like to go minute by minute because the weapons and the strikes are what's most important. And... Uh, I just don't want to gloss over and go, well, you know, there were light tubes and da da da. And I have a light tube count, which I should keep a light <laughs> tube count. That's pretty cool. So I like to tell the story via the weapons, like the wrestlers like to tell the story via weapons during a deathmatch. So here we go. <sighs> Minute one, we have Miedo and Ciclope teaming up on Green Phantom. Phantom is the first one to eat tubes. Miedo held Phantom in position as Ciclope smashed Phantom's face into the tubes. Macizos go to shake hands and Miedo missile kicks Ciclope. From the beginning, I'm starting to notice a lot of Ciclope chants. He had a lot of a uh, lot of fans in the crowd that night. Minute two, Phantom was telling people to go with green or go green or something similar to that. I don't know what it was, but it was something from Phantom's tagline. I thought it was cool that he had one, so good for him. Phantom attempted a pin on Miedo, uh, failed. Ciclope bashes a tube in his face, then follows up with a face stomp into tubes. So at this point, yeah, even at minute two, Phantom has just taken so many fucking tubes to the face. Minute three, Miedo and Ciclope keep saving each other. Phantom fighting alone against both men. Then he goes down. 
Both brothers decide they want to fight over two large two bundles. Miyoto throws Cyclope through them. Minute four, Phantom is back in. He drops kick. He drop kicks the bundle of tubes into Cyclope. Miyoto grabs a chair and hits a nasty chair shot on Phantom's head. Minute five, Miyoto is leaving. The usual, uh, the usual shoulder problem, unfortunately. Cyclope is making a glass pane bridge and places Phantom under it. He's up on the top rope and falls back first through the glass onto Phantom. He only gets two, and that's where I put Phantom is tough. Minute six, GCW chants like crazy after that huge spot. Phantom grabs a table from underneath the ring, puts it on an already built door bridge. We have a we want doors chant because he had brought out a table. It's so rare that we get tables anymore. It had me laughing. I appreciate the fans having fun and participating because times have changed, man. <laughs> so uh, minute seven, Cyclope has Phantom on his shoulders outside the ring and rolls him through the door table bridge and onto the floor. The table does not break. More Cyclope chants from the fans. A pane of glass was set over Phantom. Cyclope goes up top, hits a five-star frog splash on Green Phantom for the win. So our winner here is Cyclope. And again, more Cyclope chance is just not stopping. Again, he had a lot of fans there. And that was really fun because, I, I don't know, something about him is just lovable. I know it sounds funny, but I don't know. Lovable. Yeah, like he's he... Uh, once Miedo kind of rolled out, I was rooting for Cyclope. I said before, Miedo versus Cyclope, what is my finals for the uh, my pick for the finals? But uh, once Miedo kind of rolled out and took himself out, I was rooting for Cyclope the entire time. But I'm glad I'm, I'm watching it back now. Green Phantom got a lot of stuff in. I'm glad he is able yeah, he to do a lot of stuff. Um, I was watching like when he does the chops, like he always like as he follows through with the chop, kind of puts like the Hulk Hogan pose, like he goes yeah, one yeah. arm out and like he holds it there. I thought that was cool, but I'm glad uh, it was cool seeing IWS being represented in this tournament. We had a couple, mm -hmm. we had IWS and we had uh, Freedoms and New Japan represented in this tournament. I thought that was pretty awesome. Thinking of, thinking back about it now, um, and yeah, Green Phantom was good in this match. I'm glad, but I hope Miedo uh, does take care of that shoulder and. Somehow finds either a way to work through it and finish matches or just take some time off and take care of it and come back healthier because uh, we're only seeing literally 50% of Miedo at this, at this time because of the one arm. But I'm glad Cyclope did win and move on to the next round as my hope at this moment was still kind of alive for Cyclope or um, one of the Los Macisos to win the tournament. Now I'm wondering, I think I had read somewhere that IWS just got picked up by Fight Plus. That sound right? Yeah, I think Manny. I saw Manny. I think posted that yesterday. Yesterday or the day before that. Yeah, they're on Fight TV Plus, which I think is pretty cool. And they just announced a uh, New Japan Strong, which I was so glad on Fight TV Plus too because uh, they've been putting on some really good shows. So uh, I do want to go back and check out a lot of those IWS shows, when, especially when they had um, right Generico and Steen on it, just because like I want to watch the watch those uh, those wrestlers compete at a young age because. Uh, I, we know them now as they're being popular, but I always like watching the, kind of them grow and see how they kind of matured as wrestlers throughout the years. So at the end of this match, there was glass absolutely, absolutely everywhere. The cleanup was fairly quick, so good job by the people who were over there on the cleanup crew, GCW. The Green Phantom left, and when he left the ring, he left to big cheers. He turns around to pose and finally exits through the curtain. I think people really liked him a lot. I think he put on a good show and 
I'm really curious to see what else he can do. So, you know, if we could have him back just to see what he can do, I think that would be good. He is smart enough in the game at his age where he understands things like taglines, having a brand, getting online and interacting with fans. Those are things that matter. And if every performer in GCW did that, GCW's reach, I think, would be a little further. Just a, just a thought. The video package then comes up featuring Lowlife Louie. I thought the video package was absolutely well done. And then right after that, I'm noticing huge contraptions of glass that were being brought in the ring. This next match was obviously going to be a little entertaining. I'm going to stop right there for a moment. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about this match? Because I wanted to go into my next question. No, I, I said everything. Okay, uh, okay. Glad to see Clope won <laughs> and just hope oh, yeah. it gets better. But it was also cool seeing Green Phantom, as you said, do his little things that he does for his gimmick throughout the entire match and, and still get it off in a deathmatch setting. Okay, so this was going to be what I thought would be the hardest question, and I really feel embarrassed that we started this first match before I got this question out because it's really branched with what we were just talking about. Name for me the top three potential world champions in your mind right now. That thing is vacant. Give me your top in GCW. Have them take your top three. Uh, You know what? Let's be fair. GCW regulars, I think, is what matters the most. Cardona. Okay. Vance. And I'm going to throw in a wild card. I, I, Alec Price. I don't know. I just think it might be still too soon. Already, huh? Might be still too soon. But I think he'd be cool. Like one of those surprise young title. Like kind of like when Randy Orton won it back in the day. Like when he was young. Still like he won it. He earned it. He's been on a roll. He's young talent. But then like you realize, hey, there's still a lot more out there. Still a lot more he could grow and other stuff. Like not just him in general. But I think that... um, just seeing Alec kind of win, even if it's just for like two, three defenses and lose it to someone else with a uh, more veteran in a way. I think that that kind of little rub would help him out a little bit. And like, that'd be kind of a cool way. Like as I, as we kind of talk about turning him, he could be the cocky heel that won the belt and fuck you guys. You're all trash. You're all garbage. I don't need anybody. And then like find out two, two people, a little tandem Cardona and Steph come and beat him up and he's got nobody. Then he realized like, Hey, maybe I shouldn't uh, be a cocky be cocky no more and kind of uh, be more fan-friendly. That'll kind of help build him up. And when he gets a second chance at it as a face, uh, I think that'd be a cool way to kind of help build Alec Price for the future. Like like I said, the title reign might not be earned or deserved at this point, but I think with that, the little rub and a story you could tell with it, I think would be pretty cool. But I think right now my number one has to be Cardona. That's a good choice. I think, I think I'm with you on one and two for sure. I like Cardona as number one. I like Mance as number two. That's where I get fuzzy is number three, honestly. If you and I were talking maybe a year from now, maybe two years from now on Alec Price, i do it that way because we'll talk about this maybe a little later, but I can't name a heel that comes out to Chance. Yeah. His name. That's a face. Just like I was called, man, we have fucking video, not video, but we've got audio recordings on this shit where I've been talking about this for the longest time. I go, that dude is going to be a face. It's just a matter of when and how. You know, uh, Blake Christian could have come out and pulled some shit on um, Masha. And Alec could have come out and been like, fuck no. And that would have been the face turn. I have a new third person, too, if it's not Alec. I, no, I totally no, you forgot. can add. Absolutely, man. It's fun. I think it's a fantastic choice. Fun matchup. Still kind of barely touched a lot of, like, a lot of the regulars still could have fun matches with. Um I would like to see him against Jordan, see him against Blake, see him against Alec Price. 
Uh, I think there's a lot of fresh matchups you could do with Vikingo as champion. And obviously with the name value and the craziness that he provides and the viral moments, him being the ch champion um, and labeled as that on all these viral moments will help GCW grow as well, I think. Okay, so somebody I'd like to throw the hat in the ring on for the third one may be Joey Janela. It's just like one. every now and then we needed Sabu or an ECW original to hold the championship. It can't always be the the flavor of the month. It just can't. And he could go every, like, every now and then we need we sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say he could get extreme when need be and uh -huh. also have a great match with no uh no fuckery going on and have a nice solid match with like I say against like a bigger name from like New Japan that won't want to do the tables and all the the glass and the cutting and all that shit, but they could still have a nice traditional matchup with Joey. And I think he could excel uh, kind of both ways as a hybrid champion in both kind of matchups. So the pro and the con on Joey. Con or, con or pro, which one do you want first on him? Con. Okay, the con on Joey, though, is that he don't need the belt to oh. do what he does. Huh? He does not need the prestige. He does not need the push. He does not need any of that. That's the con on him. I guess you want the pro then, huh? The pro, the pro on him is that as a champion, he has the ability, uh, even not as a champion, he has the ability to pull the most out of anyone he wrestles with always. And I think that would make also a great champion because he would then be able to take someone who maybe loses to him and still make them look like gold. He's taken some of the most oddball kind of wrestlers out there and turned it into something fun and entertaining and something we can enjoy. Yeah. And, you know, you put Janela in a match with Blackwood, I would almost say there's a better chance of a more entertaining match there. I mean, they did have a good one in L.A. the last time. That was one of the better matchups I've seen of Blackwood. I think that was one yeah. of the main events the last last time we've seen uh, Blackwood in, in L.A. I, I also yeah. like Joey, too, as a yeah. pro, just because, like I said, he could go back and forth. That's one thing I we talked about, the differentiation of the belts. Like, I that's yes. why... I, well, we could tell the funny uh, the extreme title belt real fast if you want. Uh, go ahead. Go they, ahead. So we haven't seen the belt in a while because Joey said he lost it or uh, kept on joking around that he lost it when, in fact, he did lose it. Uh, he got his car uh, impounded and he left the belt in the, the car and he finally went down to the car, left the, left the car there and just told him to keep it, but took the belt out. And so hopefully we'll be seeing the extreme belt, but... I think that's why I would kind of like the differentiation of the belts and you could get rid of extreme. I think even just not replace with anything. I still think they should replace it with the scramble, but the, even if you don't replace it, you got the JCW title, which I think should be strictly wrestling, like traditional, no fuckery, like the rules kind of thing. You got the ultraviolet, which is going to be the death match. And then I've always viewed the world title, whoever the world title champion is should have, or should be like a hybrid should be able to defend it. In great matches that are traditional, and when the fuckery needs to be added, they could get down and dirty with the fuckery. Or if they're like more traditional wrestler, use that as an opportunity to explain why that champion lost because it went into a match that's not in their comfort area, and it became violent, and that's why they lost. I think like the whoever's a world champion should be a kind of like a hybrid, be able to do both styles of wrestling. So another one that I'll throw in the ring as a choice, but doesn't need it is Effie. Yeah, the, the star ones, power. Yeah. He would um, media-wise, he's able to get out there a little bit more than others in the in the company. So again, that's another one where, from an entertainment perspective, he doesn't need a championship. Mm -hmm. He's even said it himself. He there's no need to give him one. 
he's going to be the show with or without a leather belt around his around his waist. So um, that's another one that I thought of, though, that he would do fantastic with it. He's able to put on good matches when he wants to be serious. But is there anybody else you can think of, really? No, those are the other ones. If I had to go like five deep, I would have probably added. Yeah, Vikingo, Joey, and Effie as like the to round it up to because Joey's kind of, as you said, the face of the company anyway. Effie, same thing, doesn't need the belt. I know we skipped Nick Gage, but Nick Gage is one of those mm-hmm. ones too. Doesn't need the belt to still have on marquee matchups. So um yeah. You could always have him fill in when Blake can't and Blake fill in when Nick can't uh, carrying a show or whoever the champion is. And I think Effie, Joey, Gage c- could all do that as well as Manson, uh and oh my god who was the first one i said well we were talking about cardona <laughs> yeah we we're talking about cardona and um so then we should have talked about this one earlier but again we kind of got carried away and i was too busy reading half the time but um yeah my notes are extensive so name three improvements that you feel you would like to make to gcw right now if you could snap your fingers what would be the ones that you would like to make better just better booking when it comes to the titles as i was bitching that's my number one um, okay number two ooh, i don't even know let's see uh what's, what's something else that i can kind of complain about i don't know like i i would like the differentiation of the belts um like that's i guess another one get rid of extreme and either add a scramble or just take out the extreme because i think extreme and ultraviolet kind of cancel each other out anyway even though i love like how the extreme belt looks, I would still find like I don't know, like Reese, take off the nameplate where it says extreme and just add scramble or something to it, just so that way you could keep that cool looking belt. But the but the big thing that I complain about is always the booking and when it comes to champions and how who gets the title shots and with the future announcements of matchups too. Like I get they need to sell cards and so they got to add matchups here and stuff. But I mean, I I think they sell half their seats when they first and. Uh, announce a card with no matchups even announced. So um, I think just better booking of the, the championships was the big thing. I can't even think of another third one that and just get rid of the extreme, make it scramble. And yeah, those are the only two big things I could kind of think about. Mm. Maybe like pushing stories on social media, furthering them along and stuff like that. I really love like the mm. new cross promotional stuff that they are doing now too, with all these promotions, like with freedoms and, and uh-huh. pa- and House of Glory and how they did out here at FSW. I really enjoy that part because it displays a lot of new names, but it also keeps matchups fresh. Mm. All right. Let me think of some things because this yeah, is going to be I was say, what's your three? Because I, I can't even get to three. <laughs> I want G- it, the snap of my fingers. I would like to find GCW a new home that they would all be happy with that places the fans where they need to be and has the lighting the way they want it. And I don't know if it's a studio. I'm not big on studios half the time, but I don't know. I'd like to see GCW get a home that people would just be damn proud of. If it's going to be white, just for fun, get the okay for people at the terminal and then just fucking put red all over the walls like blood splatters. Like, have fun. Do something with it. Um, I would like to see. Wow. I would like to see Patreon meetups for fans that are Patreon members. Um, I think we need to talk about this seriously where let's just say if you're fucking let's just go game changer level. If you're going to spend seventy five dollars a month and your squad only comes through two times a year, let the game changers come in 15 minutes before the doors open to general public 
and let them meet some people and buy some merch before it gets picked through. Because these are your fans. Like these, these aren't just your, oh yeah, I'm your biggest fan. No, these are the ones that put their money where their mouth is and they support you. $75 a month is buying a front row seat to a show and not getting one. So we get their merch packages, which thank goodness they're so wonderful and we love. And I think they're caught up or damn close to caught up. Um, I think that that should be going on if possible. And you can get a couple people together that maybe just want to have a party. Let the game changers or whatnot or whatever amount that you could have a meetup with the performers. Solidify your fan base. Trust me, you and I are both great examples that if you make one fan, it can make multiple fans. I've got family that's coming, friends that are coming. You have family and friends coming. You know, we're just two fans, and there's like eight to ten tickets between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seriously. that's the third thing I was thinking of. Like, right before you said it, that was the thought that came through my mind was an upgrade to the Patreon, uh, the content. Not just, like, the content, but... Thank us. Like, you know, we, we thank you. Thank us. It would be nice. Sorry, man. No, no, no. <laughs> You're fine. I was just thinking, like, just upgrade, like, a little bit more of the podcast that we were getting a little bit more often. Um, the Twitter spaces, I kind of miss those, two because um, those were... Even when they weren't wrestling, we're fun. Um, we are, as you said, we're getting caught up now on the packages. I think, yeah, as you said, like not every venue, every place has the let Patreons in early. Like sometimes out here in Vegas, there's no Patreon. Like Patreons didn't get early in early at all out here. And we, as you said, we're paying $75 for it. So I think it just an upgrade to the Patreon experience would be a little bit better. A uh, little bit more. You didn't frequent. get in early? Not early, no. Oh, no. I mean, not early, but you didn't go to a front of a line or anything, or no? Nope. I asked. Uh, I asked. What's his name? Um, don't hate calling him Doodoo Head. Yeah, I hate calling him Doodoo Head because like I'd seen his name now a couple times. But um, yeah, I, he he came out. And he takes care of us. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not like like he does a good job taking care of us. But he didn't like let us in or anything. But like he just saw us and like, he remembered me right away. He's like, oh, yep, three. And so he took care of us. But I like. Oh, but, okay. But the last time there was no getting in early and like in. I mean, LA, they do. They do a good job in LA doing that. But I would like, yeah, we get like, okay, talk talk to me about this game changer. Here would be fun. Get me in 15 minutes early so I can get the the merch, merch, maybe get a drink, get something to eat. Talk to the talent. How about this? How about the game changers have the first shot at where they would like their seat for front row? And as long as they're there and that 15 minute early window, let them pick their seats and we can move the names for the other ones around. Now, I think that, that sounds kind of, yeah. but at the same time, I'm not against a family of three that pays $75 a month for 12 months out of the year to say, Hey, when my company comes to town once every six months, I want to sit here. I'm not against it. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's asking a lot, but just to get to merch and drinks and say hi to a couple people when there's only, I don't know, 10, 20 of us that you really need to let in. It could be pretty intimate and it would be a wonderful thank you. What about those game changers that game changers that come in a door? Get a hello from a couple wrestlers the minute they get in the door. Hey, thank you. Nice to meet you. Blah. Any of that would be awesome. Yep. I would so love cool. all that. Treat me special. You know, this is my rent money. Treat me special. I'm still a podcast person too. <laughs> like I miss like the history of the podcast. I miss Kind of like what Stephen A. and Alex. They need the GCW plant podcast on there, honestly. That's I want to do like I'd the history stuff. I want to just like, hey, once a month, Brett, let's sit down, pick a pick a show that has a lot of stories. Uh, and like, because like last night he was talking kind of, it was funny, we were talking off camera. I was about, he talked real fast about the Tournament of Survival 4. 
like cause someone asked like what's your favorite tournament survival match and like or tournament survival and like they said four um and like mm. and brett's like oh if I, I got the stories of almost of matches that almost happened then like that like i was thinking about it last night that'd be a perfect podcast like the almost podcast like who did you almost get here what almost happened here this fuck this like g raver got knocked out what happened in those 10 minutes to figure out what the fuck to do next like I, that's why i miss hearing all those cool stories that are out there and like brett's like i got that story for you one day it's like oh yeah, i have a history of podcasts like open it up a little bit like i would just like more podcasts and stuff on the content i have a fantastic idea what i wanted to do was to be able to take a like a talent sit down with them for 45 to an hour and just have a quiet conversation with them you know um tell me a story from your story from your childhood that you know you're proud of oh and as you're growing up everybody has hardships tell me something about yourself that you know you want to share with others and maybe what you're dealing with or have learned from it things like that i think would be interesting it would be nice to find a way to get to know the wrestlers you know um it'd be nice to sit down with janela and go you know what got you into this what are your influences do you still watch wrestling on a regular who do you watch who who did you binge like an interview like just with the talent like one That's talent true. a month would be like interview like it'd be cool to find out like then now yeah now patreons and fans are know more about the wrestler you know? more connected more involved in everything that they're probably going to be doing because you know more stuff now and yeah it just leads to a better fan experience but i mean patreon like if we're not going to get all the stuff that we're saying like yes we're now getting like a weekly podcast but it's still him there's a lot of effort there's a lot of effort being put in that was definitely not there before is it all the way there yet no and i think they're building on it i know that brett was talking that there are some podcasts they're trying to get together for yeah i i don't know it seems to be really hard to get podcasts over there so who knows interesting that was a good that was a good one though it didn't make me think of it. um <laughs> i'm trying to think if there's just anything else in a perfect world i love 4k streaming but that's something that's i mean come on <laughs> that's just not going to be easy to get out of huntsville right <laughs> some of these other places no seriously i don't mean that in a bad way it's just some places don't have 5g some places it's you know a, a weak signal it's not easy to do um another change that i'd like to see would be a true acknowledgement and calling it the second home in la because i think the la fans by brett's word draw more yep i was gonna mention atlantic city so you heard that here bitches Ah, (laughs) we draw more in la and you know what that's cool as fuck we're just doing our part on this side keep doing your part on your side we're all brothers and sisters as fans so i just i think a true acknowledgement that we are the west coast and at least for tickets we're the best coast so I'm really, I, I just like a full acknowledgement on that in some way. I think the LA purple and yellow really. I love it. that. That ring. Yep. I love that. Cause like you said, it separates, like it's a color scheme for like that show or whatever. And it fits perfectly in that environment. Um, I actually almost bought a pair of uh, shoes last night just to wear to like the LA shows. Cause they were like purple, like, or black, black with like purple and gold trim, like, uh, Kobe Bryant shoes. I was like, I almost, I almost bought them too. I was like, they'd be perfect when I go to LA. <laughs> I might not be leaving oh, with the with those shoes out in LA. <laughs> so I'm just off the top of my head. Yeah, maybe us getting picked up to help out in some way would be a nice snap of the fingers. Is my number three. But yeah, I think those are my three. If not, I gave four. That's why I always ask a bunch of questions, even though they are kind of weird. Like every pot, every time they say, "Hey, mailbag open," like I'm answering questions just so because like I would love to just sit and interview Brett. Like the almost like when he was telling that story, like. Oh, you should have heard about the talent we almost got for TOS4. It's like, 
I would love to hear that. What happened and what did you have planned? Like hearing about what they were going to do with COS, the original plans was fucking awesome and amazing. Like I would like to hear all those things and like, yeah, just interview like us interview Brett and ask those questions uh, on the, on the, what's it called? The mailbags. Well, it just seems like it's hard for them to get people. <clears throat> yeah. And here we are going, Hey, uh, kind of know what we're doing a little <laughs> bit. Um, you know, all we have to do is patch someone in literally. That's why we're sitting on all these interviews, just waiting to pull the trigger. Um, yeah, we got to do some audio soon or uh, video soon too. We're yes. pretty much ready outside of taking a break. I think halfway through just to redo everything since it takes sometimes three, four hours to put down two, three hours of work. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get it all. Like I said, it's uh, it's in motion in a perfect world. One of us is getting to the other's house. Cause that would actually be the best audio, but, uh, that takes time and money too. <laughs> yeah. Got to figure that one out. So yeah. Um, Wow, I think that's everything we wanted to cover. I just wanted to kind of hit you with those questions because I haven't hit you with any in a while, and it gets us to think a little bit. Yeah, you got me thinking of uh, some outside name, uh, outside booking and stuff. I, I like thinking about all the time. All right, back to TOS eight. It is our second first round matchup. Once again, another triple threat death match, and we got some freedoms involved here. Some wrestlers from freedoms out in Japan as Toro Suguru. Uh, Segura, sorry, uh, goes against Tomoya Harata and Joey Janela. And here's where I kind of missed, I don't know if talk about the things, the video packages, add, add those to that, because uh, that would have helped me out here with Harata and maybe feel a little bit more of who the hell, like when I saw this, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Oh, okay, he's the freedom champion. Okay, that's good to know, but that was it. Like, I don't know if he's like the big freedoms deathmatch champion out there. That'd be cool to know, cool to see some of his highlights. To know what to expect uh, for this match, um, so that was one name. I that was the only name I did not know of this whole tournament. Really, was Harada, but seeing him hold the title, I got a little bit more hopes um, for what this matchup would turn turn into. Segura was awesome last year, and Joey Janela going back to death matches was interesting. And all three had a pretty crazy match in this one. I'm glad Joey Janela kind of got to work with the Freedom guys in this matchup as well. And um, seeing Joey back in death matches and getting light tubed and bloody was fun to see. I like to see him in that environment and kind of, as you said, go back and forth between traditional and uh, death matches. All right. So the one thing that had me laughing from the beginning was the multiple attempts from perch to finally get that bell to ring to start the match. I uh, only realized this and really recognized it because I like to start a timer when these match starts, when these matches start and I saw him multiple times going, ring the bell, ring the bell. And for whatever reason, someone either didn't see it or they were trying to get to the bell. I don't know what the hell was going on there, but it was just enjoyable. And again, it was one of those, you know, first shows in the building kind of things. It was just, oh, yeah, we have to ring the bell for this match. Like one of the most elementary things that's going on. So let's go ahead into minute one here. Minute one, Janela was rolling out of the ring early. Harada and Toru go at it. Janela in with one light tube, one for each man's head. Fuck him up, Joey chants from the crowd. Janela and Harada then face off. Harada busts the tube in Janela's face. Toru with a drop kick to Harada. Toru's elbows, uh, uh, Toru elbows a tube into Harada's chest. We had Freedom's chance from the crowd. Toru cannonball into the tubes onto Harada. Minute two, Harada with a huge spear on Janela. Janela rolls to the outside. Harada topes 
onto Joey and Toru, which ended up <laughs> developing into more GCW chants. This crowd's awesome. Minute three, Toru with a huge tope. He snuck in a selfie from the ground. I don't know if you saw that or not. Did you? Yeah, he came down, got in a selfie. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's pretty uh, quick <laughs> of him, too. Yeah, you know, it, it is. It's like it shows personality. So Toru and Janela fighting on the apron. Death Valley driver on Toru through tubes. Minute four, all three men are in a chop fight, laying heavily into one another. Minute five, tubes are being broken on each other's heads. Everyone drops to the ground in exhaustion to huge GCW chants. Then we had TOS chants. Minute six, Janela grabs a chair, goes into the ring with Toru. Huge chair shot on Toru. Barbed wire door bridge made. Joey grabs a light tube. Lincoln log cabin thing. Like, I don't know what to call it. It was like this weird construction of light tubes, and it was just a lot. Yeah, I think they've been calling it uh, the cabins. Like is that what they're there. calling it? Yeah, that's what I heard a couple. Uh, I heard it a couple times in in the past too, called the light tube ca- cabins. I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah, because it was just I kept seeing them come out a couple times, and I'm like, okay, like it reminds me of like Lincoln Logs or you know a cabin or something like that. So yeah, that makes more sense, definitely. All right, so minute eight, no, minute seven. I'm sorry. Joey goes to slam Toru from the top rope. Harada comes up from underneath Joey and performs a combo of a super bomb and a superplex, which cause uh, which uh, causes holy shit chance to break out with the crowd. Minute eight, Toru kicks out at two. This is awesome chance. Yeah, there, there's literally this many chance. Harada hit a huge spinning slam on Toru. Everyone covered in glass and blood. Minute nine. This is awesome chance again. Janela has a crown of barbed wire on his head and Sabu's a chair at Toru. He follows up with a package pile driver onto the chair, bending the chair pretty heavy. Another log tube cabin thing comes in. Joey double stomps the glass on top of Toru. Harada broke up the pin. Towards the ending here, this is minute 10. Tube's broken over Joey's head. Harada has a light tube fan and busts it over the head of Janela. Barbed wire door is set up in the corner. Tons of GCW chants. Harada military presses Joey into the barbed wire door. Toru with a quick roll-up on Harada for the win. So our winner here is Toru Segura. Holy crap, man. Holy crap. And that was a surprise. I'm glad kind of he did win, though. I was very impressed with Toru from last year's uh, TOS, and I kind of wanted to see more of him. And him picking up the victory here was uh, was fun. I, like I said, I, I was a surprise. I thought Joey would kind of win, having it be uh, kind of his comeback into the deathmatch scene, and he would go at least pretty far, I, I originally thought. But... um. Toru with the win, and Harada stepped up. I like Harada. Like, Toru is kind of like the high-flying uh, deathmatch mm-hmm. person. Harada's just like, nope, I'm fucking big and strong, and I'm going to fuck you all up and just beat the shit out of you with all these things. I love that version. Like I said, I, I, uh, we talked about this at the beginning, or at, when we were watching this show at your house, talking about the trunks. Like, if he didn't wear just, like, the black trunks, if he had, like, a nice, cool outfit that he wore, like his gear, ring gear, I think that would have gone a little bit further into me really wanting to go check him out and see what he's all about but uh his action entering action was good but like i said character wise and just kind of gimmick wise i'm still kind of lost on so i'll I'll go check him out but i would be more intrigued too if uh he gave me a little bit more character wise a little bit more personality uh as, as we saw like toro having the selfie and coming out with the blue gear and stuff like that um i think that would help that a little bit for this match but joey did awesome in this death match i was I'm very glad that he dove into it and he had so much fun in it. He challenged uh, another competitor, as we will talk about next match, to a death match on COS night, which I thought was pretty 
fun and entertaining that uh, that matchup too. So the only thing I can really say to follow up is just it was a violent match. Fans really appreciated the efforts of all three men involved. We had please come back chance, which I thought was fantastic. And I felt the same way. So it's nice to hear someone yelling out your thoughts like that. I do like Toru. There's something about him. He appears slightly crazy. And I like the fact that he can flip heel in an instant. I'm with you a little bit on Harada. I didn't see enough. He kind of comes off like a plain vanilla character. Um, I like a young boy I don't have black trunks. Yeah, I just don't know any other way to say it. Joey leaves with the barbed wire crown on. The huge Harada chance. So obviously there were a lot of fans of Freedoms there or a lot of fans of Japanese wrestling in general because they were very vocal and I really liked it. Like, I love when other companies' fans come over and they just light up the place with their chance and their energy. Like, it helps us on the GCW fan side, too. That helped out a lot at DDT Pro when DDT Pro was out here for Collective. I thought uh, the fans for DDT Pro when they came out here was uh, very helpful, but also very energetic with their promotion and company and chance, and that made it all that environment way more fun to be around and it was entertaining too so i feel with you i'm glad that other people knew who harada was i just didn't i like i said in ring i I liked him i liked his style of just going in there and just kind of like strong strong styling everybody in there and just beat the shit out of everybody and he's looks looks pretty crazy so uh i know he obviously has to be good holding the belt there just little character i would have liked to see more character like i said seguro just had that it like from last year even I think it was just like his moveset and how, like the smile on his face and how happy he was to be out here. And then coming back out here for this one, you saw like he was way more comfortable and knew what to expect with the crowd and everything. And he enjoyed himself a lot more on this go around. So maybe next time we see Harada, which uh, sounds like it might be here soon. Um, well, we'll see a little bit more of what Harada really is all about in Freedoms. That will lead us into our third first round matchup as it is once again. Yes, triple death, triple threat death match. This time of John Wayne Murdoch, El Desperado, and Matt Tremont. And this one, I was, I was weird. I was interested to see how Despy would fit in with, two, with these two uh, kind of. I'll call them legends, uh, even though one's like, they're both kind of current legends. Like they got big names and well known in the deathmatch community. And Tremont, John Wayne Murdoch, and how El uh, Desperado would kind of fit in. I was interested because I've really, really seen him kind of get crazy two or three times. With like a lot of blood and thumbtacks and shit, I never really uh, full on deathmatch. So him going with these deathmatch legends, I thought was kind of a smart pairing too, though, to kind of help him guide uh, through the match and get in the right spots for the spots and stuff like that. Um, and once I saw the coke cans, I was like, oh shit, who's gonna go through the coke cans? That's like one of the more brutal weapons I see is the coke can board. Dude, those fucking things. I'm I'm kind of torn because I'll tell you, if you're a kid or a boy. At some time in your past, you fucking hurt. You you've tried to like bend and break and rip cans. So all of us have done it before. You know they're kind of like they can bend easy, but those edges are so fucking sharp. And that just ugh. I had a friend like you know you know that middle piece like he wanted to push in the hole to make the hole bigger. Pushed it in and just sliced oh, both part of his thumbs up. It was oh, bad. Yeah, shit. I was like, nah, oh, no. I don't want to do that ever again. Luckily, I was like a teenager when I saw that episode. Like, oh, I'm not gonna mess with that ever again in my life. Unbelievable. No, dude, that would be so fucking terrible. I've been so lucky. I don't know how many times. Knock on wood. Somewhere, if I have some, 
<laughs> that uh that i've never had that problem before but yeah i've saw someone fuck themselves up on accident with a butter knife Ooh. no shit like they were playing around with their friend because this is how boys are playing with it like playing like fencing with each other like sword fighting and one just slit and just sliced his inner part of his hand here pretty bad and i'm like none of us thought that could be possible wow but it was like it wasn't deep deep but it sliced and because it was a straight cut it hurt like hell and when they moved their hand, it would move oh, with yeah. the cut. Like it was not fun. When it's when a cut's in a crease of a skin or a fold, it's never good. It's like when they get cut in the armpit. Dude, I hate watching people get cut in the armpit. You know, yeah. the artery and all that shit yep. is through there. Uh, and this actually happened to Duke, so that's kind of why I mentioned like he was bleeding up under the arm at one point. Yeah, we were, were like, talking about it. We're like, oh shit, spot. because of the gauge incident. Yeah, I always think about that. And there was a spot in this one where he had. Uh, was it this match where Murdoch put a, a light tube to someone's neck, or was that? I think that might have been the next matchup, singles one. Maybe, yeah, we'll have to figure that out. So, uh, and it could be in my notes here. So, who the hell knows? <laughs> so, this was my first time seeing El Desperado that I can really remember. There's so much stuff in the ring that Despy had a hard time finding a spot to enter, and there were Despy chants from the beginning. Did you notice that when he's trying to get in the ring and he's like, where the fuck do I get in? I'm actually watching it now. Like he's in there, but he's still like just in the corner, kind of looking around like, okay, can't walk there. Can't walk there. Can't put my jacket uh-huh. over here. Yeah. I see it now. Yeah. When he first gets in, you can actually see him look up to the ring and be like, okay, where do I get in at? It, it's fantastic. Uh, Murdoch's music hits. We have Duke chance for one of the baddest motherfuckers out there. In my opinion, Duke in a tournament is an instant threat. So speaking of instant threat, Matt Tremont is out next, and you can say the same thing here. Watch out for him. He always goes deep in tournaments. Instant threat. Desperado has a fight ahead of him. That's all I will say, because he is in a match with two fucking vets. There are bulldozer chants mixed with the ha sounds that you hear from the crowd. They chant and sing along with his music. I need to also mention that Tremont has always had a great war face. Because every time he goes out there and he looks like he is focused, it always looks good. So, minute one, we have Tremont leading the cheers. Fans are trading allegiances so that they can chant the names of all the competitors in the ring. The fans are truly amped, all three exchanging forearms. Minute two, chops were exchanged. Tremont out of the ring. Duke and Desperado have a legit wrestling match for a small amount of time. Tremont and Murdoch then eventually exchange shots as Desperado topes through the ropes. Onto them. I've never said that before, dude. Tope never through the rope. I like <laughs> dude, I've never heard that before. Maybe I'm I need to trademark that shit. Yeah, topes through the ropes. <laughs> it's it's on this report. Yeah, it's on this recording now. Anyway, so let's see here. We're at minutes. We're at minute three. Desperado has fans in attendance, and it was obvious based upon all the cheering that was going on. He had a great belly-to-back suplex on Tremont. Minute four, Murdoch goes after Despy's mask. Uh, mask. Murdoch and Tremont gang up on Desperado. Fans boo like crazy. Both Murdoch and Tremont are boasted open good. Minute five, Desperado is on the outside. Murdoch, Murdoch is scraping tubes across Desperado's forehead. Tremont sabus a chair into Murdoch. Minute six, Big chops are being delivered to each other as fans start chanting, wow. Murdoch doing most of the offense. Tremont is more reserved. Desperado straight getting his ass kicked. Minute seven. All three men are smashing tubes off of each other's heads in the ring. 
and all three are taking massive damage to huge chairs. Once again, TOS chance. Great fans. Minute eight, Desperado knocks Tremont off the ring and into a barbed wire contraption below. It's like a huge net of barbed wire. It was a fantastic spot. And also an aluminum can covered board comes out. The one you were talking about. Minute nine, Desperado chance. He plants Murdoch through those cans. One of the cans is stuck in his back. We were talking about that also. Tremont's still trapped. He was being cut out by basically ring crew and referees. Murdoch hit a brain buster on Desperado onto the cans. Minute 10 towards the ending here. We have Murdoch stomping tubes into Desperado's chest. Murdoch sets up a glass bridge, gets on the top rope for a deep south destroyer. Desperado runs up. Murdoch catches him and hits the Deep South Destroyer through the glass for the win. Our winner who advances to the semifinals, John Wayne Murdoch. Wow. That... Go for it. I'm, I'm like <laughs> spent. That, there was so much in that match that I'm just feeling spent reading it. But whoa. Yeah, the violence kind of you could picked it up in this one as well. I kind of noticed it. Um, one thing I forgot to mention, too, was Bulldozer's entrance, man. That Tremont had the crowd singing his song. That was loud. Right? That was a good first big like holy shit moment. I think for the terminal was that crowd. Like that was like okay, this does is the still the carousel room. They still love bulldozer. It's that was awesome. And then I like how they kind of tried not copying Vegas, but doing what Vegas just did a week prior before this match started. They all like tried getting the crowd into it and getting that standing ovation that we gave Gringo Commander and Vikingo before the match. Uh, the fans tried doing that for this one, just wasn't uh, as loud as the Vegas one. But I thought that was a pretty cool little thing because, yeah, before they even started, like you could tell that this was kind of going to be kind of crazy as we were talking about the two great death matchers and Tremont and uh, the Duke and Despy kind of fitting in with them and getting crazy. I thought that was a uh, pretty cool and Desperado held his own here. I, I, I'm. C- I don't like the spot where they always kind of go for the mask, even though it happened both times in both of his matches. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. I, I don't like that spot, like, all, all the time. Like, especially, like, when it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe they're trying to get it to show more blood, I guess. But I, I, I'd i be mad if I was him. Like, I just fucking it's brought heat, two it's a, yeah. it's a heat. It's a heat heel spot, basically, because nobody wants to see the guy that, you know, that everybody's cheering for get his mask taken off. It's a disrespectful thing and blah, 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 you know. And, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually a sucker for that shit. I hate when that goes on. I hate it. It's hilarious. I'm yeah. a sucker for it. Like that's that's cheap to me. Like even though wrestling is not real, somehow that part still gets me. When it's like a lucha match or like they have history, then it makes sense. But like I didn't like it when yeah, like John Wayne Murdoch just went in there and just started taking it off. I'm like, why are you ruining his mask? Like there's no reason for it. Like you shouldn't be doing it. You guys don't even have any history. But uh, that <laughs> I it did play well into John Wayne's like heel kind of. He had a kind of be healed the rest of the tournament uh, based off of the next matchup. So I thought this was kind of a good way of establishing that um, throughout this matchup and kind of even Tremont working as a heel as the match went on because they teamed up on uh, SP for a little bit. I thought was pretty uh, interesting booking, but it's always nice seeing Tremont out there. Man, Tremont, I think that's another name too. I wouldn't even mind seeing being in the GCW title pictures, Tremont, because uh, when he's, he's still going and going very good. Like I was kind of hoping for another little TOS run like how we did uh, last year making it to the finals. I was kind of rooting for a far run from him this year as well. 
Well, that's why it was such a mind fuck because for you, it was Los Mestizos brothers going into it and you wanted to actually see those two go alone. Yep. And for me, it was Murdoch and Tremont being in a match together when I thought that individually they should go deep alone. Yeah. I just, I had to mention that there. The, the one thing that kind of stood out to me in this match was that they went straight to violence. There were no breaths in between. There was no bulb left unbroken. Also, um, paying close attention after this match, Murdoch was making the championship belt sign across his waist just for a short second. I wonder if there is a potential run in him for the UV or stream. I don't know. I'm not sure there. I just I'm just letting you know it's it is possible because a driven Murdoch is dangerous. I can say that you don't see the flash. But you have to respect the toughness. I think that's the best way to put it with him. So, yeah, Tremont and Despy are given crazy love by the fans as they leave. They really appreciate what's happening at this show, and they're really appreciative of the fans. Also, Despy chants. That is the last thing I want to mention when it comes to that. And then we transition from there out to an induction into the Deathmatch Hall of Fame. Yeah, Piss Jug Mike. That's right. Someone named Piss is going into the, into the thing. Um, I believe that people are really, uh, you know, I think GCW appreciated what he did, which has, which is just the small things, being a fan, really cheering on people. Um, I know I was personally rough on him because I don't like people being too much part of the show, you know, like getting in the way or doing anything stupid. But one of the moments that I was mentioning was where he pulled up his shirt when Cardona was walking around. And I was like, oh, you know, I was being a cranky old fuck. That ends up being one of the best pictures that went down that yeah. year at GCW because of Cardona's face and Chelsea's face. And yeah, when he was in the who knew he took. <laughs> yeah. And who knew that was an iconic picture. So um, I thought that was lovely and absolutely incredible that something like that somehow became what it was. It was so organic. It wasn't one of those, hey, man, lift up your shirt. We're going to get a shirt. No, they were legitimately like the faces on both of them were fucking hilarious. I was so, kind of the same way with yeah. you. Like I at the beginning, like it kind of felt like I didn't mind it too much. But then like after a couple shows, it felt like every match he was like out there and in there and part of the match somehow and trying to give someone the jug. Like that was the same way. Like, oh, it became too much. But then you see all the wrestlers like in everything commented on how much he me- he actually went- meant for the crowd and getting the wrestlers like giving them something to cheer boo on and stuff like that how how good of a fan he was so i thought that was pretty cool seeing um seeing that happening online too um when he was being inducted of all the cool stories here and about all the stuff that he did but also that he was appreciated by the talent where we think like we on on the outside out here we're like oh my god don't be part of the show but the talent's like no yes be the show like we need you as either the person cheering for us or the person that's going to boo us and we're going to smack the piss jug out of your hand. Like you need those kind of fans. So it's kind of <laughs> nice uh, hearing like how the, the, some of the talent truly thought about him. And I thought that was a pretty good video package. They did one for, um, uh, I know I don't think you mentioned it. I'll just bring it up too. Cause I, I maybe just skipped it. Uh, brain damage too. Cause like that was one I never. Oh yeah. I didn't mention that, but he's awesome. Yeah. See, that was the one I watched at your house. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? I saw like three seconds. Oh. of clip. I'm like, who? I never heard of brain damage or like, I've, I've heard, I've heard of him, but I didn't, I've, he's one like of those names are in the past. I didn't see too wild. much of, but Reckless I've seen like wild. a couple clips and seeing that video was like, just that little video, like you said, like that two minute video just could 
show you so much about a like uh-huh. a new person like this is for me now learning about brain damage he doesn't even wrestle here no more so we i really wish those packages would be built for every especially newcomers to gcw for the first time just to show new fans like myself of brain damage of how what what we're to expect and like why brain damage is going into the hall of fame because like i was watching this shit i'm like this dude's fucking crazy with the headbutts and everything like he just didn't give a shit no it's it dude he is was wild absolutely wild he got into the ring you knew he was going to be stiff and brutal also like everything nothing about him was easy like he had steiner's brutality to him he just had that killer instinct i really enjoyed him i can't wait oh man now i'm like shit that's another hall of famer that i cannot wait for you to go you really need to get on iwtv once you get through all of gcw stuff i must say i think i'll really be there by the end of the summer CCW. I think I by the end so. of the summer, but by new school year, I'll be starting CZW watch along. Well, I don't. Yeah, it's just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I my words are kind of falling off for a second, but I always wanted to get out to the farm, CZW, where they have those uh, those shows. Oh God, yeah. I always wanted to get out there for just one show, and then to see that GCW does the Fourth of July thing. If I didn't always have something at my house, I'd a hundred percent be going. Um, there's still no announcement on that, right? No, and I actually I wanted to talk to my wife too because uh, he said he was gonna go check the place out this week, but this week is the LA show, so I'm wondering if it's gonna be close out here because West Coast. We were thinking like if it's within driving distance this year, we were, we were going to, we were gonna go okay. for sure, but like if it's like out there like how it was last year, like we're not gonna do the airport okay. and all that stuff again. Before I forget, then because we're on air, so don't. But before I forget, if you don't go to that this year, you need to come to my house. No shit. We let off like big fireworks over here. Oh, okay. Like we're talking, we're talking a quarter mile radius. People are watching our shit. Like we get the big ones that we're not supposed to have in town. They're <laughs> awesome. No, no, no. Um, we do from records. No, no, no. I put, okay. So there's like two, three, four, five, six inch shells. Uh, one year I got the six inch shells. And when the explosion went off, I set off car alarms across that major street in the uh, in the apartment complex, (laughs) like car alarms went off because of the concussion. So we generally will have some really good ones for the kids. Then we also like go out into the middle of the street and then the boys that are old enough light off stuff in the middle of the street. And dude, we have a good two, three, four hours of just boom, 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 (laughs) like. It's awesome. So yeah, if you don't go, definitely get over to the house here because basically it's like this: the pool opens up, the jacuzzi opens up. Like there's going to be food everywhere. And then once the fireworks go off, some people they're not big with fireworks, so they'll go sit in the jacuzzi or they'll go stay inside. It's it usually ends up being the boys at the end. The boys are blowing shit up. All the ladies went in, and you know they're cleaning up the house and stuff. So. Yeah, we gotta get you over here. Coast. It's totally worth it. I'm I hope it's it on the West Coast too. Because like that made me think about like, wait, if he's gonna check it out, I know there's gonna be in LA. I don't think he's gonna fly like to another city and then go back home and then come back out here. So maybe uh, it will be on the West Coast. Because if so, we will definitely make that drive out there and check it out. Because that shit was fun, just being around like Jordan, Alex, Joey, Hoodfoot, all of yeah. in the in the pool. My son swimming with them, just talking, grabbing hot dogs. It was a pretty cool uh, show. Uh, out there in the backyard oh yeah and yeah fingers crossed it's out here somewhere that would be kind of cool 
it, like I said, if my if my thing every year, like this is the one thing people come to my house for every year is because I spend on fireworks heavy. <laughs> nice. So so it'll be it'll be really fun. Um, we still have one more round uh, match in this first round, huh? Yes, our final matchup for the first round uh, is the Ultraviolet Champion Rina Yamashita. Uh, as you said, as uh, you have it there, non-title. Uh, she is not defending the title. I, I don't know how I feel about that. In, like years past when Tremont defended the GCW title throughout the entire tournament or when... Oh, he did? Yeah. Whoa, one of the first that's ones. That's crazy yeah, I think fucking he, booking. He defend- well, then it's happened twice because... um, What's his name did it too? Uh, Takeda. Takeda defended the belt throughout every round of the of the tournament when he was out here as well. I thought that was uh, pretty crazy. Well, I mean... I won't get too far ahead of myself, but she could have defended it. Yeah, I mean, I, if it, if Just the for booking, prestige. yeah, if the booking would have as I played out, I would have done it too. Um, but because you never know, like it gives certain titles, certain matches, not just now to win the tournament, the big ass trophy, but now you can win a, t- a belt too, which is pretty cool, and possibly elevate. Well, yeah, two competitors throughout the tournament instead of just one. Um, uh yeah now there's yeah there's like two prizes to win then yeah you're really going after some real shit see that would be a great way to do like the introduction of a new belt it should always be a tournament i think oh, that yeah. would be the way to go yeah like i don't know why but if there's a way to do it man you should have to fight through to get to the top especially when it's a new belt like i'm a big tournament fan as long as they're done right yes I, i'm the same way too uh, so Rena is in this match against Casey Kirk and Sawyer Wreck. I am glad Casey got this uh, got this matchup and in, in the spotlight in this tournament because of her match in Rena that they had at the Carousel Room was one of the craziest matches I've seen there. Um, I gotta go back. That might have been the final main event in the Carousel Ballroom. I have to go check while you're doing your breakdown. But mm. either while all three of these women crazy ultraviolet and i was expecting this one to be one of the better matches and more violent matches of the tournament just because knowing what rena and casey just did by themselves then you throw in sawyer wreck uh i thought that was going to be a lot of uh, glass and blood and it was and it was actually a really good match um for the first round i i thought it was a nice solid matchup and yeah these women were crazy and put their bodies on the line and it was this was a great way to end the first round of this matchup uh, of this tournament sorry Okay, so the all women's death match. This shit went hard. Um, to me, this was the most violent match of the first round. I think that the women took it as uh, as the stars, I guess, of the uh, first round. So Casey Chance, when she comes out, Casey works hard. I'm a big fan of her. I don't mind seeing her in GCW. She has enough... Um, personality that gets her through and she's tough enough to hang with the best of them sawyer comes out in all white it's a fantastic choice for a deathmatch tournament i honestly think that she was going to go deep into the tournament because she had something like that on because it certainly is fun to correct red collect red as you go throughout the tournament rena chance help rena know where her home is she's back in atlantic city she's loved here in gcw and streamers had come out for her. Sawyer towers over both women. That's like one of the first things I seen was like, even with her standing in the background of the other two women, she still just towers. And I like to see that too. I would have liked to seen the two on one struggle more in this match. For yeah, sure, it would have made sense. Sawyer's a tank. Oh, it would have made a lot more sense. I agree with you. 
All right. So here we go with this match. Minute one, we have double birds from Sawyer and a three-way lockup. Sawyer basically powers them out and throws them away. We then have a second lockup, and she also throws both women again. Sawyer was beating the shit out of both women until Rena and Casey get smart and they gang up on her. Minute two, Rena and Casey are breaking light tubes over Sawyer's head. Rena busted one over her own head. We have a Rena super kick to Sawyer. Rena and Sawyer face off with light tubes. They bust them over each other's head. Rena busting a tube over her head and eating the tube, cutting Sawyer's head. A lot of head and tubes in this one. <laughs> a lot of biting tubes, too. Minute three, Rena was cutting herself and then parading Sawyer around the ring as she cuts her forehead. Sawyer gets DDT'd on a chair by Rena. Minute four, Rena pulls Sawyer up by the hair and Sawyer boots her down. She has a light tube and cuts Rena. Rena then being cut on each side of the ring. Sawyer chance, Rena chance. Minute five, Casey has Rena, huge jumping pile driver onto a chair. Lots of women down on the ground at that point. Minute six, fuck em up, Rena, fuck em up, chance. Rena busts a light tube over Casey's head into a Rena suplex. Minute seven, Sawyer's finally back in the ring. All three are in now. Sawyer swinging tubes and kicking women over. Minute eight, all three women grab gusset plates from a basket full of them. They each push them into their own foreheads, then they headbutt each other. Minute nine, they continue to headbutt each other until all three women are down. Minute 10, Casey is swinging a chair. Sawyer picks up Casey and slams her down. Rena broke up the pin via foot stomp. Rena roll up and Sawyer kicks out. Sawyer with more vicious boots to the face, which to me, that boot to the face really needs to be one of her things because her reach with her legs are so long. That needs to be something for her. No other woman can say that right now. She's got the longest legs in our women's division. Hint, hint, that is such a great thing that she could pull off right now. That could totally be hers right now if she wants to. I hope she sticks with it, honestly. Um, minute 11. Sawyer sends both opponents through a glass bridge onto the concrete floor. It was nasty looking. Minute 12. Sawyer attempts arena cover and she kicks out at two. Casey blasted with a tube bundle into Sawyer wreck. Casey and Rena fight. Casey down. Rena plants Sawyer on her neck for two. Rena has two chairs in the ring. Sawyer goes up top. Rena grabs Sawyer and hits Splash Mountain on Sawyer. Casey breaks up the pin at two. Rena air raid crash on Casey. Rena ends up getting really mad. She has Casey up and another Splash Mountain through a tube bundle. And onto Sawyer Wreck, she covers both women at the same time for three. So our winner here is Rena Yamashita. To me, it was a very glassy and violent affair. Maybe the most violent on the show so far. And I'll say it again. The, the women really put it down. And they should be extremely proud. Like, not as just women, just as overall performers. Like, fuck all the, oh, just women. No, no, no. D don't even look at them as that. Look at them as performers on the same level. At the same level, judge the same. They fucked it. Knock they fucking knocked it out of the park. And I'm 100% proud that they did it. Yeah, I agree. I think, like, I ended this match. This was one of the more violent matches of the first round, and they, <laughs> you said it well. They brought it. They they absolutely delivered in their match, and um, I thought it was an awesome way to end round one. And I thought it was an awesome way to for Arena to win, though pinning both of them to show like the dominance of. Oh shit! This is what the rest of the field's gonna deal with the rest of the tournament <laughs> with this yep. this side Arena. And Arena has always been the super fan favorite in these these uh these tournaments as well as in the AC area, just in general. Um, so to me, it was no surprise that she won and I'm glad that she did it though, because all three of them 
really, really deliver this match. But Rina right now is just on another level when it comes to the violence and the the ultra violence in the the tournament of survival setting. That this was perfect for her. So, I mean, really, all three women brought great energy. Sawyer especially had a bring it on kind of attitude. I think it was well planned and it was a good story. Anything else you have on this one before we move on? No. So now we have okay, the yeah. final four of Rina, um, Toru Segura, uh, John Wayne Murdoch, and oh shit, Who's the first one? <laughs> not oh, Rob so, Shit. No, not Rob Shit. Um, oh my Toru. god, Toru, Toru, Rina, Rina, John Wayne Murdoch. Oh, I feel like a dumbass. I feel like a dumbass. Oh, yeah, Who did we miss already? Uh, Holy moly. Uh, Rina. Unbelievable. Did we miss? Jesus Christ. Oh, Ciclope, Jesus, the first match. <laughs> there it is. Ciclope. Hey, that happens. Yeah. Sorry, Ciclope. We love you, bro. No, and I think that's a good Final Four, too. A lot of variety in there and a lot of talent that's definitely willing to go above and beyond and make sure to deliver the fans an ultraviolet match uh, for this tournament. And these three women, though, I, I just said big shout out to them. They killed it and connected. I'm glad uh, they got this moment and had this killer matchup. Okay, so... This is where we talk about something important. And you hit on this a little bit earlier in the episode, but I didn't want to get into it because I had notes for it. But there are two times this happens. This is the first one. Intermission. Intermission hits, and here comes 15-plus minutes of a dead screen. At this time, I wish we could maybe play a classic TOS match, maybe play something promotional, because in, in uh, television world and in radio world, dead air is dead air. This is your chance to hook some new fans, intrigue some current fans, and even give the long-term fans some nostalgia. Everybody would have won here. You could have done something amazing with this. Go take Ciclope's match from whatever and show it. Like Push some of these people that you have on the show. Um, Something promotional would have been fantastic. I don't know what it was. Take all the things that you've shot for the last week or two weeks and just run them back to back against each other. Something would be better than nothing here. Because again, if you're just sitting on your ass alone, I mean, you can only take a pee break. You can only take a drink break. I mean, you can only do so much for so long. And then what else are you going to do with your time? So I'm just saying it because I feel that almost any other, any television professional professional would say, if you have the air to do something, damn it, you do it. And if you have an op- any opportunity to promote yourself, damn it, you do it. In total, there's probably 40 minutes here between both intermissions that could have been used to do anything helpful for the company. Absolutely anything. And this is where it kind of like is annoying too, because it's not like they could. S- I don't. I don't know what the reason is. Because they've been doing this shit, like I said, I'm, I was, I'm doing my turn for survival watch along. I'm still, even though I already watched this one, I'm still watching all the other ones too, just to see the violence and the difference of, and where GCW came from and how it's kind of grown into and where it's gone. But I'm watching Tapor last night, and in the middle of the main event, as we're getting ready to set it all up, I'm watching a match from a blood sport a couple years ago of, uh, oh fuck, who was it? Jonathan Gresham and Takeda, like a mm-hmm. blood sport match, like. Even though it's two completely different things, but like I get to without watch like Gresham and Takeda have an awesome Bloodsport mm-hmm. match, and like fans are like, as you said, oh shit, that's awesome, that's on Bloodsport. If I got fight to be, I'm watching this. I'm gonna go back and check Bloodsport out now, or show in show a 15 minute video of Rena's match against Casey Kirk before from a couple months ago for this one or something. Like they could have done 
something. That's I know it, the idea is wrong, but it, yeah, because even like just they uh, it, after that video, there was still some time before the cleanup or whatnot. They would put up a picture of uh, like who was coming up on the next cards. Like let's say for LA, like I remember this from Vikingo was announced. So, like we talked about this one. Oh shit, they're doing it again. They would put up just a graphic of Vikingo debuting in LA for the first time ever in America's Most Wanted. Also on that card, Blake Christian. Also on that card, Nick. Like they would show you like future cards or cards are coming up in future talent, future matchups. As you said, something. If it's not going to be a video of a past matchup that's showing the fans something cool, or if it's going to lead of hey, we know Rena's involved. Here's what Rena did. So that way, in the future, you kind of know like they could have done something, anything better than just a timer that goes from 15 minutes to five, and then all of a sudden back up to 13. Like. That's that's also the more annoying part too. Is as it gets closer, it gets jumped back up even longer. Now it's like even longer waiting of doing nothing. Where back then, like I'm watching this match and I I just think it's part of the show. Like I know it's from a different event, but oh, it's so cool. I haven't seen this matchup in a while. And oh, okay, I watched that matchup and boom, right it onto the rest of this card. And it's just a seamless transition that I think it's something. Once again, I think it's simple and was done in years past. And now all of a sudden you're not doing it. Doesn't make sense to me. Yep. I'm just saying that you know and I know unless there's something functional that's unavailable, our idea is good. Yeah. We both know that if you ask an easy a hundred fans right now, if they had a choice at staring at a screen that doesn't move except for the timer for 20 minutes or watching a match in between the dead time for 20 minutes. I mean, come on. It's something so easy too. Saying. Like it should be. <laughs> you never know. You never know. There could be something going on, but for crying out loud, it's such an easy thing to do. You yeah. know what? That's what I'm asking on the next mailbag. I'm going to yeah. be like, hey, Great. how hard is it to put a match in for the intermission so fans have something to do with their time? Or show graphics that are promoting your upcoming shows. Just something. Shit, that's another thing. Just give, us, just give us the list graphic that shows all the cities that they're coming to next. Just do that. Just, just give me the, just give me that, just give me that with a little timer in the bottom, and then people at least know where the next shows are going to be. That'd be cool. Also, it would be so cool if everybody could get their shit enough together to where every time they come to a venue, they could tell them when they're coming to the next event. Like every event, like Las Vegas, we're such a big venue. They should probably know when they're coming back next. They get that in LA but then all the time. Well, that's the thing. But like Huntsville, Alabama, they're like, we'll be back in three months. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Like at last I looked, Huntsville wasn't really selling out. Yeah. Or or that like oh, what's a good word for it? High energy. That too, yeah. So I'm just I mean, I'm using it as an example. These small markets are just getting hammered with these shows. Whereas our A towns like Las Vegas, we see them once a year. Twice a year if we're lucky. Yeah, I think so, Vegas at least deserves two shows now. They fly right over us going to LA. That's what just my put... wife my wife said, like, do Friday night Vegas, Saturday night LA, or vice versa. Like you're going yep. to get the crowd that's probably going to go to both of them for, for any I did. reason. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm more than happy to do it again anytime. Yeah, any fucking time, I'll be more than happy to L.A. a Las Vegas, L.A. again. Hell, I'll take I'll take Phoenix, Las Vegas. I'll take Phoenix, L.A. Don't mind. I'll take the trips. Yeah. Our fifth matchup of the evening is not a part of the tournament and is a is a traditional scramble match uh, for competitors. Uh, the competitors being Blake Christian, Alec Price, Gringo Loco, and Jack Cartwheel. And seeing the crowd just absolutely boo as Blake's being announced for this last... This match was not announced at all. Like This is usually one of those matches they throw in there. 
to give the competitors some time. But uh, uh, Blake Christian was the fourth competitor to come out. You just see the crowd like lose their shit and be ready to boo him. And I thought that was a cool start to what the weekend was going to entitle with uh, Blake Christian heading into this four-way match. And I'm not even going to say nothing because your next, your first part of the notes is exactly, literally, pretty much <laughs> what I was going to say. Maybe just different words, but why why i was expecting a awesome four-way matchup as well all right then so i'll go ahead and say the stuff because yeah i have a feeling we're kind of in the same boat here yep. so i'm expecting a really fun four-way match i like each one for separate reasons here that are all distinct so blake huge heel magnet alec future champion great heel and face work gringo the godfather of independent lucha and jack fucking cartwheel one of the most entertaining men that's about to blow up so I'll try my best to call all of this, but I think y'all know how four ways and scrambles go. It is not easy. So I'll start here. Alec Price, the heel is getting his name chanted across the building. Like I said before, probably months and months ago, he's a future face, future star. We are, I am so happy we begged for more of him, but, and somehow we got our wish. I don't know how that all worked. Jack cartwheels all the way around the ring. People wanted Jimmy Lloyd so bad and ended up being Blake Christian. The booking of his entrance into this match was really well done. He was booked as more like a spoiler entrant. It worked and fans hated him even more. And we didn't, they didn't have to do shit, but just hesitate like they did. And it worked perfectly. The fans were fucking butthurt. That, I agree with you. Like we talk about booking, one small little booking detail made a huge difference, and that's why I said, "Yep." Like yeah, as soon as the crowd heard Blake Christian's name, they were super pissed, and I, I thought it was super smart though. <laughs> as you said, the spoiler, like, "Oh, this asshole's gonna ruin this match again!" Like, mm-hmm. come on. And I loved how Blake's now going into it, and then he went right into that one guy that was in his face when this kind of whole turn started back then. Um, uh, with the AC crowd, he went right into that same guy that was like, "Shut the fuck up!" As he was sitting on his lap, so. I thought that was a pretty fun way to kind of get the crowd even more riled up against them. Okay, so here we go again. I was going to go minute by minute. It's just not really going to happen. So I'm going to give you what I got. So fans were chanting for whomever they would like to see pose for cheers. That's kind of how it started out. Blake finds an ice spice flag and parades it around the ring. We had ice spice chants, Jimmy fucking Lloyd chants. All men are doing cartwheels. It was funny watching the ref nod approvingly. I don't know if you can see, but if you look in the background while they're doing the cartwheels, he's like nodding. He's like, oh, yeah. Uh, Minute two, Blake is encouraged to do a cartwheel, and he refuses and gives everyone the bird. Jack goes for another cartwheel, and Blake hits him with sweet chin music, which is, again, a nice ode to the fact that he's got those HBK pants on. Bring a local chance, Alec Price chance. Spot after spot is being reversed. All four men get ovations. One batch of fans are constantly screaming for Jimmy fucking Lloyd. Blake was really shining in spots, waves of heat flying in his direction. I loved watching him tune up the band for Sweet Chin Music again in his HBK pants. <laughs> Do you want to say anything before we... I was just going to say... I felt say, like you were going to say something. I didn't really like, though, after like we know the match, who the competitors were, them chanting jimmy lloyd i thought was kind of disrespectful i know it was more towards blake but just the other it really was it kind of like took it away took away from the match a little bit and that's where i guess in i i didn't really like it because i saw a lot of the ac crowds like they need to give us what they want like you guys wanted blake you got blake like there you go like you guys wanted to chant and turn and take over the show now you got you get what you deserve and 
uh jimmy lloyd though i think would have been cool and i know he is popular i guess funny that we said like they need to kind of put a belt or push jimmy because even though he's not wrestling and always loses he's still a big part and people recognize and respect what he does for gcw and still want to enjoy uh enjoy him a lot a little bit more but i think it took away a little bit for this matchup even though i know it's aimed towards blake and not really the other three competitors so part of my notes here say that alec and blake need a singles match yes i hear from the crowd again one more time because he's trash dude that shit was way louder than oh, yeah. vegas um the fans know the cheers and everything again we're birthing a face here Price was doing a lot of heavy lifting on the in-ring wrestling side in this match. Gringo magically always having massive impact on his moves. There was a nice spot with a killer swanton by Gringo into a tope onto the floor. Cartwheel was in and out of the ring a lot. Cartwheel is and always will be a face. I'm realizing his gimmick demands it. Imagine him doing cartwheels for heat. Just isn't going to be that way. The fight breaks down to Alec and Blake several times. There were nice snap suplexes by Blake on Jack. Towards the end of the match, everyone's hitting their big spots. Cartwheel on the second rope. Gringo comes over, walks up under him, and hits the base bomb. Covers. As ref is counting, Blake hits double foot stomps on Gringo's. And uh, he knocked him out and covered him for three. So just like that with some more bullshit, Blake Christian wins again. And it happens to be with some dastardly deeds. I, I liked it. it I like again, it. they're they're booking him hard heel. Um, I I don't want it to be predictable though. I don't know what else to say. You know what I mean? Like with a lot of wrestlers in GCW, you know what you're getting. There's not a lot of new. And the reason why they're popular is because you know what you're getting. So I'm gonna be interested interested to see in this championship run of Blake his depth. You can't always be an asshole. And I know he can put on a great match. And people really acknowledge that still. When he does something awesome, they're still like, you still suck. Oh, yeah. Even though they're giving him respect. So I don't know. Also, Blake is in much better shape. I think everybody's kind of seeing that just a little bit. Dude's got like a V shape to him now instead of just a straight down shape. You can see it in the upper chest and shoulders. Um, True heel. I don't know if he was supposed to be there or not. Blake was pushing a man in a wheeled grocery cart chair like the one you see at Walmart. I laughed my fucking ass off. I thought that was funny as fuck. Yeah, we see that guy come back the next night for COS and have a little shit with Cardona. I thought was pretty fun and cool. Yes. Is Um, he a plant? No. No, No, you don't think so? Is he just a regular fan? Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's like, but probably not the same traveling fan that uh, I remember seeing like a fan similar to him in, um, in like when they go to the Detroit area. I remember seeing like a fan that kind of looks similar to him. And uh, I, that's what I thought it was at first, but I don't think it is. Um, I I think Blake's, I, I just said, I think they're put, booking Blake kind of perfectly. This I think this is going to remind me of a lot of the Seth Rollins when uh, he had like the authority. I mean, we'll talk more about that to probably in the next episode, but. Uh, I could see his, if he has his title run, being a lot like Seth Rollins' title run and having a lot of underhanded shit to keep him, obviously, still even more heel heat than he has now. But um, I, I, I think Cardona is going to get involved in here some, somehow, some way, and kind of pick sides or realize that he needs, uh, Bla- Blake needs, or Cardona needs Blake's assistant here and kind of keeping Nick Gage and Maki Ito away and all that stuff. So, um. I'm interested to see what happens this title run, but I'm as you said, the first couple of matches are not too uh, too great. But maybe they'll tell more of a story of what they have in the future booking of 
Blake Christian as champion. I was just happy that this was the in-betweeny kind of match because it it was a great mix of characters. And, perfect uh, four. Absolutely perfect four because they can all hold their own without just being spot, spot, spot. And they've been absolutely having great performance. Like Gringo and Jack Hartwell's chemistry I'm really enjoying now and seeing how often they're working together. You can see their chemistry just growing and growing. But Alec Price being in these scrambles as well and having his what two minutes of just going crazy in and out of the ring and hitting all the crazy spots, I think was perfect. And obviously Blake doing the actually, I, th- I actually I think it was smart. I know the not the fans might not like it. It was a bad way, but I think it was a super smart way to uh, win a win a triple threat match or a, a four way match because that's something like I would do while playing like WWE 2K. I'll wait till like someone else hit their finisher, break up the count, hit that guy and steal him, and then uh, pick up the victory. I thought I thought that was smart uh, booking wise. I think I'd beat the fuck out of all four of them, honestly. <laughs> I honestly think I should. I, I could. I think me and Stackhouse would fuck these four up. <laughs> I need to be in a scramble together with them. Anyway, yeah, that was a weird. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Coming back to it just for a minute, I wanted to just go back because my wife came in the room and said hi. If anybody wanted to know where I was for a couple seconds there. um, Yeah, I was getting that sugar. <laughs> so, um. Again, I don't know if anybody's been noticing, but Blake Christian had been winning up to this point almost every match he'd been in, and that was for that heel impact. He needs to be seen as a threat. And he so, makes sense as the next champion. <laughs> so, so I'm kind of wondering if, with this championship run he's going to be on, if that's what it is, is he's just going to be an asshole heel who goes out there and stomps the fuck out of absolutely everybody. I forgot to see if all of his, uh, if all of his opponents were heels or faces. Blackwood, who is I don't know if he's face. He's or more face. Gringo face. Yeah. Um. Adam. Then there was Adam Priest. I mean, down south he might be face. You know, he is well liked down south. I like him. Brandon Williams. Wasn't he the guy that was like wrestled in the cast? Like last time they were in there, like broke his ankle or something like that, and still wrestled. I honestly couldn't tell you. I want to. That's say- how much I don't remember of him, unfortunately, and I hate to say that. Yeah, I think that's the same one. I could be wrong. Though. I hate to say that because. If he's on GCW, he's going to be damn good in, in some point or another. I just feel bad. Yeah, I'll have what to do go you think? You're going to look, look it up? Yeah, I have to go back and look and see if that was him or not. But I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what I'm going to give. I don't want to harp back on it, but I, I'm interested to see what happens with Blake's title run and who else gets involved and who proves themselves as the next credible and logical threat to, uh, to take the belt off of him. That will lead us into our sixth matchup which is the first round of the semifinals as john yeah. murdoch goes against c clope and the one thing that really stood out in this match was how short it was but then i get it because like yeah they just already wrestled once and winner's gonna have to wrestle again so obviously this round's gonna be shorter matches i was just a little surprised to see how short this match was but even though it was short on time it definitely wasn't short on the violence and the mm-hmm. glass being uh exploding everywhere and everything else and i thought this was a pretty good matchup unfortunately uh didn't get the winner that i wanted but i think it was a good showing from cyclope for uh the tournament survival eight i was just happy to see the popularity of cyclope i i just wanted to mention that again before we moved on because the chants were just I don't know. I I like cheering for Cyclope. It's just I don't know. I don't know, dude. He's just okay, having so, so much fun out there. That's why, like, I. But when I went back and yeah. watched TOS three and seeing like just him and Miedo going at it, it's just incredible. And like, I'm glad they brought they brought out the, uh, 
uh, what's it called on this one too? The the, the trimmer. Oh, oh, oh God, the weed whacker. Yeah, weed whacker. There you go. They brought oh, out the weed whacker. And like that's where I was like, this was my first moment. I was like, this is old school GCW TOS. This yeah. was like number two and three. This felt the old school kind of violence that I uh, been missing in some of these tournaments. Well, um, it was CZW like. Yeah, was what I could say. That that's kind of what I you know. Okay, so John's out and he's covered in dried blood from round one. Big shout out to Murdoch's purple pants. I uh, liked him, and I wonder if that's a shout out to his old partner, the purple pants there. Ciclope still seems like the fan favorite between those two men, or between the two men. I saw you thinking there for a minute. I like I said with the purple pants. I was thinking yeah. with like maybe, maybe the ALS too, or Alzheimer's. Is, possible. Is that why he was wearing purple for a while? I thought I don't know. It's possible be. because he had a shirt that said "fuck something." Fuck ALS. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't even so, think that. Like, oh, so maybe that is then. I got that look because I was like, huh, maybe that is a shout out to an uh, old uh, bastard partner of his. An, an old partner. Yeah. I don't know. So minute one, the chance that we usually get for Murdoch, we got Duke chance, John Way pussy chance. Both men throw bundles at each other to start. My God, there's two fucking air horns. I just want to <laughs> fucking kill someone. Murdoch, actually, we do need to do something about that at some point, because it sounds like that if we don't do something, every fucking show is going to have one, two or more assholes with air horns. And honestly, what's going to happen is it will spread and then more people will show up with air horns. I just I see it coming. <laughs> I I know you disagree to a degree, but to uh, a degree, yeah. like one's good. And that one person, like I said, like. Yeah, yeah. I even, I, I even text you like one of these nights going through my old TOS ones. I was watching TOS one and I heard the first like air horn. I'm like, oh shit, they've been doing the air horn since then. And it was like perfectly timed. Like when it's right done right, I don't mind it. Yeah. But there was parts uh, throughout Vegas and this as well. When I, I didn't even notice the second one. I'm glad you did. Oh, like yeah. I said, we were all kind of talking. We didn't. We weren't listening too much with the air horns. And I kind of never went back and rewatched this with uh, again. So. I never oh, caught the gosh. second air horn, and yeah, that would the two would just be bad. Yeah, <laughs> two's not a good. So, uh, no, no, it really wasn't. Uh, it's like getting two of those like fighting fish, the beta fishes together in one bowl. <laughs> like it just shouldn't happen. So Murdoch and Cyclope were exchanging pinfalls as they were rolling in glass the whole time. Two tubes were broken over Cyclope's head. Minute two, Murdoch was slicing Cyclope on the forehead. Bundles and light tubes are being scraped down Cyclope's back. He's cut up with fresh blood quite early holy shit we have a fucking weed whacker that's what i started to notice <laughs> uh murdoch swings and misses with it and drops it cyclope picks it up and runs it twice into his fucking guts and then across the top of his head these are two crazy son of a bitches it was fast-paced action cyclope put bundles on john wayne murdoch he runs into john and completely blows john off the mat in a cloud of spooky dust which is nice that that fan is there now to help out Minute three, Cyclope stomps tubes into Murdoch's head. Both of Murdoch's shoulders are cut. Minute four, Cyclope makes a barbed wire covered door bridge. Tube smashed over John's head. Cyclope goes for the superplex. Instead, Murdoch stands up on the top rope, grabs Cyclope's headphones, puts them on, and executes an avalanche deep south destroyer. Cyclope jumps up at one count with that you know, thing that happens right before, I love the, it. you know, he has that little breath. Cyclope kicked into a chair and kicked through a pane of glass. Murdoch goes for the submission and Cyclope taps. Our winner here in a very short match, just a touch over five minutes, John Wayne Murdoch. 
And I'm going to say it again. John was looking mean. I like it. He's all business. Yep. Ciclope had a ton of fan support and fans gave him a nice ovation. Both men killed it out there is what I put out here last. Uh, Mur- Murdoch meaning all business. That's what I was thinking too. Like after the, like yeah. he just got the yeah. three, gave a nod to Ciclope, walked out and just, like you said, they had the business face on. And I like it because he's, he's got that thing that says he kept putting up his finger going yep. one more, one yep. more. And it, it makes it feel special. It makes it feel like, hey, they are. This is why they're fighting for. This means a lot to them. And it, it, that, that's why I love the whole tournament aspect. That's why I love the whole Jacob, where every match felt like a struggle and everybody wanted to win. And that, seeing the seriousness on John Wayne Murdoch's face throughout this tournament was pretty cool seeing because it, you could tell it means a lot to him. And obviously, he's going to go a long way in the tournament, being uh, as good as he is. So, what do you think here? We're going to have, well. Do you think Ciclope was supposed to win this one? No. That first round, though. Do you think he was supposed to win that first round, or was Mieto going to take it? I prefer, and I think I said this before, I prefer Ciclope when it comes to kind of deathmatch stuff, because Uh that's kind of more his environment. He does get super fucking crazy. Mieto does too, but he's willing to take the punishment. But I I think I like Mieto more than like these kind of, uh, as a singles competitor, more of a traditional setting. But I, Hmm. Ciclope, like, I... I didn't think he would win. I, I was hoping for it, but um, I, I was kind of surprised John Wayne Murdoch. I guess I shouldn't be, but I was kind of surprised he went as far as he did to the finals because um, I thought there maybe could have been another name. I would have picked another name or two, but I don't hate seeing it because it does make sense. It adds more credibility to him. And as you said, if he did motion to the belt, when he comes after that belt as a, I believe he was a former, yeah, he was a former ultraviolet mm-hmm. champion. It makes sense and adds more credibility to when that match happens. It makes sense. And I can't bitch about title matches making sense. Exactly. And so I am all for it. And I'm glad he is getting the push to tell the story further along down of what possibly will happen uh, coming up in the next couple months here. Yeah, Uh, they could have just had an awesome match. And then Murdoch could have cut a little promo a couple weeks later and said, we had a fantastic match, but you were lucky. We need to run this thing back. And do it again. And then we want it just the same way. We want a death match. And da, 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 da. I think that would have been cool to see down the road here. They use this final. Well, well we haven't got to it. But this final as a, as a jumping off point for a, a further story down the road. Because Murdoch isn't a gatekeeper. But if you're going to say you're a death match wrestler in GCW, you're going to have to go through Murdoch. It's just how it is. Yeah, I think he's one of the top ones, obviously, outside Arena um, in GCW, just based off his credentials in the past and what he's done. So I like the booking. It makes sense. And as as you were saying, in the future, I think it'll make even more sense of why uh, he made it to the finals. Uh, the next semifinal match is Rina versus Toru Segura. Once again, a non-title match. And it was cool seeing two Freedoms wrestlers kind of... Uh, having this one out and seeing Toru uh, getting this one-on-one against our, our ultraviolet champion Rina. I thought this was kind of a test into kind of a, uh, to see where Toru really is and how he, if he's up near the top of the list in deathmatch wrestlers in the world, or if he's still like just top of the food chain in freedoms. Cause this was a kind of a litmus test I thought for Toru. And I was expecting some craziness just based off how crazy Toru is. And we already know how crazy Rina is. Um, and with this, in the semifinals and with the matchup in the finals waiting, this got crazy. And I'm so glad that Toru uh, was able to give him the spotlight matchup with Rina. All right. So 
before the match even started, I was seeing a lot of crazy light tube contraptions. One with plastic hangers. Great job by GCW for going all out with the light tubes, by the way. Toro's very expressive and playful in a crazy way. He's animated and tough would be the other two words I'd use to describe him. Rena rubbed her championship in his face with Rena Chance and Toru Chance. Minute one, both grab tubes and run directly into each other, exchanging punches. Rena eats tubes after she breaks several tubes over Toru's head and chest. Fuck him up, Rena. Fuck him up, Chance. Toru Chance. Like, you can tell the fans are just crazy into this. I normally don't have this many chance. Fans normally don't give this many chance. Segura has gotten in no offense up to this point. Toro eventually superplexes, or I'm sorry, suplexes Rena onto a door full of light tubes. Then he got massive heat for that. So we got fuck this guy chance. Minute two, Toro standing on her head, punches a tube into her back. Minute three, Toro poking Rena's forehead with a light tube. Toru chewing light tubes. Minute four, Rena fires up for a moment until Toru cracked her in the head with more tubes. He's calculated, but also wasting time. He's shit-talking, and it's not actually smart to sleep on a GCW champion. We had a lot of Rena chance that we're trying to rally her to get her back up on her feet and back into the match. Minute five, Rena with a Death Valley driver into the light tubes in the corner. Toru is fucked up at this point. Rena goes for the testicular claw, and we have chance of twist his shit. Minute six, Toru got a couple light tubes put on his junk and covered with a chair. Rena swings with another chair, hits it, and the glass shatters all over him. Minute seven, Toru goes up to the top rope, grabs Rena and a huge superplex onto the broken glass in the ring. Minute eight, Toru grabs more tubes, punches them into Rena's chest. He grabs Rena, picks her up, and slams her into the glass again. He goes for three and only gets two. Again, Rena chants. Minute nine, Toru grabs a bundle, puts it on her. He runs and throws it at her. She picks him up and slams him on his neck. He kicks out at one, Rena bridge pin into the glass for two. GCW chance and even more GCW chance. Minute 10, Rena runs with tubes into Toru's back. Another board covered in tubes is out. Rena grabs Toru and a splash mountain onto the door covered in tubes for the win. Are Rena here? Rena Yamashita. Woo. Yeah, yeah, you go, man. You're here for a while. <laughs> no, that was it was good. Uh I'm glad Rena kind of got a lot of offense in, kind of uh show what she's uh kind of kept her dominance as the first match yeah. kind of proved and showed. That's one thing I, I've been really liking with the booking. They have always booked Rena pretty dominantly in GCW. Um, I think somebody, I don't know if I brought it up last time or not, but like she's had 20 matches in GCW and she hasn't lost a single one. I thought that was a pretty cool and interesting stat leading into this tournament that kind of spoke a lot and kind of foreshadowed what uh, would be the case of how the tournament would play out. But that's something like I never really thought like 20 and Oh, like we, <laughs> That's another name we should yeah. have said. Like, who should have been next in line for a champion? Rena. Like the way Rena's been going and and awesome. the crowd reactions. Like, like I don't know. I I would like to see Rena and Blake. That would be a fun matchup. And then hopefully Rena drags Blake into the ultra violence to kind of uh, get him bleeding. <laughs> I think that would be pretty a pretty cool visual. You know what? That would be funny, but that's very possible. It would be really interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen, but. It'd be fun to get Blake in one of those hardcore matches and he has to go up against somebody like Murdoch and he just punishes him for 15 minutes. Yeah, that would be funny. People would love that. that so awesome. to me, this was a bloody affair. It was fun seeing Toro come back for another violent event. We can always kind of count on him. Please come back. Chance were going on and he ended up leaving under a great 
ovation. So at this point, then the finals are set. Murdoch versus Rena. So Brandon comes out to get on the mic. He complains there's no Brandon Kirk in TOS. He's complaining a lot, drawing a ton of booze from the crowd. Shut the fuck up chants from the crowd. He can't get a word in edgewise. Low Life Louie then comes out to the ring after Brandon's shit talking. Um, he's got an awesome Abdul the Butcher shirt on. I think you mentioned yeah, that the night that. we were watching live. I saw it again. I'm like, oh, man, that's an awesome fucking shirt. So Louis says he came here to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. He's not here to get his hands dirty, but he wants a fight later that night, which that ends up setting up a fight later that night, I think, in JCW or uh, their event later. So we hit another 10 minute intermission. So I was lying. I thought it was a total of whatever, but oh, no, it was in total. That's 25 minutes of lost entertainment. Yep. That's 25 minutes of lost opportunity on TV with commercials. We're talking a ton of money stretched over probably 40 to 45 minutes. So again, I'm just making the point that any kind of publicity is good publicity and any kind of promotion is good promotion. I would really, again, like to see something there in that spot. If anything, just to give people something to look at instead of a dead screen, just personal opinion. And I know it might not be easy to do it. Just, might be easy to say out loud yeah i i don't know like where that that was i know that was leading up to like the jcw show but that kind of uh <laughs> fell apart <laughs> uh by the time the jcw show came rolling around um but i like seeing brandon kirk at least given that spotlight especially with him having the next match uh the next night against the cardona's or against cardona and stuff i thought that was a nice little kind of semi tease but even though they didn't really tease too much of that um but yeah, finals of Rena versus John Wayne Murdoch. I like it. I like the finals in it. I think this is just perfectly built to elevate Rena even further to get a big name over uh the Duke of the Duke of Death Matches right now and John the Wayne Duke Murdoch. Duke of Death Matches. Yeah. Nice. Uh I, I like the booking and I liked how they kind of both played into it being a serious moment and possibly for uh what's his name? For John Wayne Murdoch to win NGI and then Come back and win TOS. I thought that was a cool little tease as well. So throw out these two names. Who would you have had in the final? Ciclope and Vieta. That was it. <laughs> There's nothing changing. Really? So you wanted to go Ciclope? I and wanted Vieta. just a five. That five years, but since they their last matchup on TOS three in the finals was incredible. Like I said, that's what made me a fan of theirs to see them kind of get that moment. Maybe five tournaments later, that's an anniversary kind of thing. Um, I thought would have been pretty cool. And like I said, I think those two specifically have earned it just of what they've done over the last year of GCW. Um, and it hasn't even been a full year yet, but um, seeing what they've done since they came back has been awesome. To, uh, just to see it in general, and they've definitely worked it hard enough, and I thought it would have been a cool moment to, to christen the new place, the terminal, and to kind of be a feel-good moment at the end of the night in a new place. And tournament and with all the other bullshit going on around gcw i thought it was have been would have been a cool feel-good moment but that's just my fantasy i don't know i just had to ask you because i don't i don't honestly know i was kind of happy to see this and it made sense because well at the end of, of a deathmatch tournament it should be gcw deathmatch wrestlers you know it'd be weird if effie is in the tournament of survival in the final you know so the cream of the crop in our deathmatch division yep. should be at the top yeah so, i agree it's perfect it's like it's like um you know if you had a dance troupe if there was a dance tournament your best dancers will probably get to the top one way or another 
So uh, should we get into this one, you think? All right, let's finish it out right. with the finals of Rena versus John Wayne Murdoch, TOS8. All right, so I see a scaffold and a ton of light tubes that are attached to the ring ropes. Honestly, I wrote down, the shit looks exciting. <laughs> Murdoch looks like a man who goes deep into a GCW tournament. Dude is fucking earning his paycheck. You could see it in this match. So let me just give you a little bit here. Murdoch, former GCW ultraviolet champion, two-time GCW world tag team champion, and the winner of NGI7. That earned him John Wayne pussy chance and John Wayne dick chance, which was the first <laughs> time I've heard John Wayne dick chance. So Rena out of Osaka, Japan, she's the GCW ultraviolet champion. She's blowing Chris kisses to the crowd. The huge trophy is on display. I was looking at it, and the whole time I'm like, I'm wondering if that thing's going to get fucked up. I would have loved to have seen it got fucked up. <laughs> so here we go. Minute one, we've got Twist is Dick Chance. I love these fans. They haven't even locked up yet. John was working the crowd. Fuck him up, Rena. Fuck him up, Murdoch. Back and forth. Test of strength to open. So minute two, they kick each other into the ropes of light tubes. Rena was cutting Murdoch's head and making him eat shattered tubes. A big kick to the back of the head on Murdoch. Murdoch body slams her onto a bundle of light tubes. He's now smashing tubes over her head and slicing her throat. She, there was the throat part I was talking about. Uh, she's getting tubes broken in her mouth. Duke is abusive, which is abusive with his approach. He never lets up, and that's how he makes it deep into every tournament he's in. That's a great point. I wanted to make that point. The reason why I've seen Murdoch do so well is because he doesn't stand around and pose. He doesn't stand around and work the fans. Um, in a point where he has the person down. If he has the person down, he's constantly working them. He's not doing anything outside of that unless that's part of the storyline. That relentlessness is part of the reason why I think he's so tough to beat as a competitor. Just something I wanted to mention there. No, and I, 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 that's why I like the whole booking because, as you said, he goes deep into tournaments because he's one of like the Iron Man death, to, death match people that could go and go and go and doesn't matter in these tournaments it kind of seems like easy for him because he gets these breaks in between to regather himself and i think it was cool having him being in the finals to kind of help elevate rena even further oh yeah so here we go minute three murdoch stomping rena's fingers into the glass minute four tubes are being piled in the center of the ring rena suplexes murdoch onto the tubes rena german suplex onto john Minute five, Rena starts with a flurry of punches. She's raging out. John shuts her up with a light tube to the head. John pulling large armfuls of tubes and placing, placing them into the middle of the ring. A pile driver into the tubes. Rena's busted hard. John is, there's that word again that I had, relentless. So minute six, John is breaking tubes across Rena's legs and back. Fans are booing. John is then repeatedly smashing light tubes over Rena Yamashita's head. She's getting blasted. Maybe 20 tubes straight was what I was guessing there. Minute seven, he goes for the cover and only gets two. It's absolutely amazing at this point. He grabs a chair and makes a few bridges. Tubes are broken over the wrists of Rena. Uh, minute eight, a huge pane of glass was coming into the ring. It needs four chairs to hold it in place. Big fucking Vin chance, which I agree with. Um, Murdoch climbs up the scaffold. So here we go towards the ending of this match. Minute nine. This is where everything kind of gets to a head here. So the platform is roughly 15 feet high from the floor by what I'm seeing. Rena climbs up and they fight up there. Murdoch has won twice. 
with the Deep South Destroyer in this tournament. He tries for another and Rena gets out. She grabs Murdoch by the dick and throws him through the glass in the ring. There is a huge pop from the crowd. Rena stands tall on the scaffold. She hits a big splash from the scaffold. He kicks out at one. People are mad as fuck at that point. Rena gathers all the weapons she can find and bundles them in the ring. She grabs Murdoch. She goes for a splash mountain and hits it through all of that fuckery for a three. Rena Yamashita is our winner of the Tournament of Survival 8 this year. And she does it with a Splash Mountain, which was the same move she used as a finisher for every win she got in this tournament. And I like that whole playing out, too. Like, I thought for sure once the Deep Shot Chisoria hit, like, Rena was going to lose. I was like, no! But uh, that was a great match. Yeah, her taking those 20 tubes just consecutively was insane. That would have made Matthew Justice yeah. proud. All the there was, yeah. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, there had to be a lot of cuts there, a lot of oh micro cuts. Oh my god, yeah. Jeez, just taking, just breaking twenty tubes out right of your head, your legs everywhere. That was that was insane. That was probably like the one moment of the whole tournament for me was the the insane part was just her just eating those tubes, and then the crowd came alive too at that point, which was awesome. Yeah, I think yeah. that would have been the perfect time for a one count. Like that place would have fucking exploded on the one count. Oh I my think. gosh. Yeah, that, Rena that, did that right there. She would have been booked for a year just off of that fucking push alone. Yeah, but incredible way to end Tournament Survival 8. Rena is the champion and will be facing uh, next night Masha Slamovich in the Cage of Survival, which was another crazy, <laughs> crazy card, but crazy matchup there. That was insane. Um, but I think this was a good tournament overall. I, I, I enjoyed it. It was good. A lot of cool seeing Harada and Green Phantom in there. Um, as a couple of new names to it, seeing the legends go against each other, Joey Janela coming back and the women kind of stealing the show and having a great match and Rena just mowing right through everybody. And just like, that's the one thing you didn't see like her, like tired or anything at all from match to match to match. Like her endurance is insane. I think that's something that doesn't get talked about enough because, um, she's been going, having some crazy death matches as of late. And, um, I think it was well-deserved and a perfect winner for TOSA. And, like I said, a good way to uh, have the first event at the terminal and end the first show with Arena being the winner, as she's probably in Trainbot was super over as well, but uh, for this tournament, probably one of the more over competitors um, in AC in the showboat. And I thought it was, like I said, I, I enjoyed it. It was a good way to end it. It all made sense. The booking wise, that way, all made sense. And lean into what happens the next night and possibly what happens with John Wayne Murdoch in the future, uh, based off what happened, was a awesome way to uh end tosa and i didn't even so get to the now, best part yet <laughs> nope nope not yet not yet so once everything has had a chance to simmer down just a little there's dust everywhere in the atmosphere it's crazy hazy those fans i'm sure came in handy getting that spooky dust dispersed a little bit better rena was absolutely happy she's crying gcw honestly has treated her very well i don't know another outsider who got such a push coming in and has continued to get a push like she has and still goes over with the fans and has had no overexposure people aren't sick of her they really like her a lot i can't even almost fully put my finger on it but there's just that thing about her and she's so, been, as you said over since day one and drew parker's the only other person i see coming over like that and being that yeah, over because yeah. 
and they kind of came together and like Rina's been that hot since day one and her performances have only gotten her louder and louder, louder crowd support and uh, energy during these matches. And I, I, as she said, it's well-deserved, I think. Oh yeah. Um, so because of this now, Rina has advanced to now challenge Masha Slamovich for the GCW world championship. So uh, <laughs> that's going to be exciting. Moving on. Toru and Harada attack Murdoch after the match. She tries to show respect for Murdoch, and Toru and Harada beat them down. As this is going on, someone enters the ring in a mask. Fans are chanting Kasai. He plans Rina onto her face. It's fucking crazy, monkey baby. June Kasai is now in GCW. That was a pop I'm, moment. Dude, I'm not being sad at the same time. <laughs> Dude, it, it was dude it was crazy because because i go i know those eyes i know those eyes and then i think you saw his shape yeah his back or the way he was just like standing said, like he was just like standing i was like over arena i was like that like you said crazy monkey first i was like that's him that's him yes and then i popped like i jumped up and i was going my wife's looking at me oh like what gosh. are you doing i'm like that's him it's him and then try to explain why uh, i was so excited to see june kasai Dude, I'll tell you what, there's been a couple times where I've popped hard. There's been one non-wrestling time, I'll mention it just because there's nerds up. Dude, the very first season of The Mandalorian, and then it's the very... Did you ever watch that show at all? No. Oh, man. So there's a part where at the end they try to get Grogu, and obviously they can't. And someone's coming to get him, and you literally see the lightsaber go come out. And I knew the light. I knew, the, oh, light. I knew yeah. the green light, dude. I totally knew the green light. And I go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I go, because since the age of all I can remember, Luke Skywalker's been my hero. You know, there's been several heroes that I've always had that I looked up to as I've grown through. And he was one of them. And, dude, it showed him at the end, and I lost my fucking shit. And what's cool <laughs> is, like, computers have done so much now to where – during the action, it looked like my hero from like the eighties. You know, they didn't give a lot of age to Mark Hamill. He still looked young. So I don't know. I had a pop like that. I just I lost my shit. I was like, oh my god. So yeah, we have June Kasai in GCW. So yeah, I'm happy and sad at the same time. I may puke. I may shit. No one knows. Uh, Janela, Gage, and Sawyer come out and protect Rena. I also saw Miero, Ciclope, and Jimmy Lloyd. Gage grabs the mic. He calls June Kasai a pussy, asks everyone to give up, give it up for the TOS champion, Rina Yamashita. So it's MDK all fucking day. And I love you people. And you know that Rina parades around the trophy and everyone goes home happy. And that's how I have the ending written in this bad boy. I pop like I'm so happy to see June Kasai back. That's like one person I really want to see in person. Um, I that's like a, that's another name too. I haven't seen a lot of, but like I when I do mm -hmm. go out and see it, like I'm like jaw to the floor. Like I love this guy. I love him. He's awesome. I say about like maybe like 20 matches of his total. I know there's a lot more I need to go out and check out, but um, I don't think I popped in GCW in a while. Like I popped when Jordan and Nick won, but the actual last yeah. time like I popped in GCW like for a surprise or like anything like. It's been a while. Been a little while. Huh? Maybe Hammerstein seemed Gage back, but I was just more happy because of all the conversation that was happening around Nick Gage and other people and other stuff around that same time. I was just more happy to see that Gage back with GCW where it belonged. It kind of felt like the perfect place to be, and it was a good moment. But uh, actual like 
pop surprise. Like maybe Cardona, Cardo- but like I was yeah. just starting to become a fan of GCW at that time too. So um, maybe that's what saved like the last time I saw a pop like that for me, June Kasai. But I'm so glad to see, and I hope June Kasai does stay out here in the States. And it does sound like Brett Bade mentioned that they're not done with Kasai yet. They got some nope. more stuff that they're going to be doing. So I'm wondering. He blew if- himself out. Oh yeah, that whole thing. That was pretty funny. Um, I wonder if it's gonna lead to homecoming or something else. Um, I think it'd be a cool homecoming in the terminal. Uh, another nice way to kind of add the next layer of paint or so you will or whatever you wanna do for the 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 terminal to make it GCW, make it its new home, make it feel friendly. And I think a cool matchup would be to have June Kasai versus Nick Gage there. And with Nick Gage being in the shape that he's in. Kasai just looking in, in incredible shape and crazy as fuck as always. Uh, that's kind of like my next match that I big match. I really hope we get to see in GCW in the short in the near future. Mm. I was just yeah, I don't have a match. Kasai. I don't know. Yeah, Kasai was the big surprise here. Um, I'll just mention again, if Cologne was still here, Cologne and Kasai would be a nuts fucking match. Yeah. I actually went out uh, while I'm going to here, probably tomorrow. Uh, gonna go. They put a new June Kasai. I think it's new. I've never seen it. But I also don't know all his merch. But they have a June Kasai shirt on GCW merch. I was like, oh, I'm fucking buying it now. Like, And they, they added like some posters. I was like, I wanted to buy some posters to put up in the back when we go to cards. Yeah, cards. That's one Star thing. Like, I know like the guys that I hang out, uh, hung out with in LA from... Uh, from Phoenix, they like they're big into the cards. Like their thing is they get the cards, they go to the wrestlers, they get it signed, and like that's their whole thing. They love doing that. That's one thing I think I do. <laughs> but I, I don't want to spend that much money going into it. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what though. I mean, if you're willing to do it and the market supports it, you can make some money here and there. I saw some Nick Wing cards that are already above a thousand bucks. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. Uh huh. See, it makes you think now. You're like, oh, because oh, okay, I know, gosh. like, those guys just got like a, a Nick Wayne card signed and everything too. I was like, oh, fuck. yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So the the early ones, the early cards. Oh yeah. Like some of those GCW cards, I almost thought about picking up just to turn around and sell them in five years. Yeah. See, I, I'm not a big seller. Like, I I like to just keep that shit. And I don't know. I'm not. That's my problem. I love keeping it. too. Yeah. I think uh, overall, that was the best way to end TOSA. That was a, such a cool surprise, such a cool moment, and um, a very cool lead-up to what, like I said, like, they are going to Japan here soon, so that kind of leads into the whole uh, Rena kind of turning on Freedoms last time they were in Japan and joining Team GCW. I thought this was a cool callback from that moment, and now you have the leaders of Freedom coming in. It's like, that shit's not going to fly. I don't care if this is the biggest night of your life. You just won TOSA, and you're like, you are the champion. You've been the champion, but that shit we're ruining it right now and I, I loved it i love the whole booking of that and seeing and thinking of the possibilities that jun kasai and uh T- gcw versus freedoms will lead up to in japan it sounds like they're going back to japan even more like i think he i think brett made the comment last night he's like yeah like i haven't even announced the the other japan show like we haven't even gone to japan yeah. yet but there's another show we need to announce like i think that's pretty cool and um it leaves me in a positive thinking that we have not seen the last of Kasai and hopefully see a lot more. One name I haven't seen, I want to see Drew Parker come back too. I don't know what's going on with that. He could come back out and wrestle. Not Has he wrestled at yeah. all since then that much? Yeah, okay. actually, well, like, then when you were done, going over, done, you know, he wrestled like, remember when he got hurt and he couldn't wrestle like the next night against Speedball? Yeah. But he yeah. wrestled like three days later after that in Japan. So that's all I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So 
hopefully we get Drew Drew Parker back with June Kasai and maybe some other people from uh, Takeda would be another name I want to see now since Freedoms is in or working with GCW uh, currently at the moment. Um, that would be another are we, big name. Are we light on deathmatch talent right now? I was thinking the same thing. I don't want to. I don't want to fully go into it, but I was thinking the same thing. I'm like. When we were talking about we, who we, go we, get, we get in the same atmosphere and thoughts sometimes. It's kind of interesting. I've noticed that quite a bit. Yeah, I was thinking, like, where do you go for, like, who could be the next person to take the ultraviolet title away? John Wayne Murdoch? AC, maybe? Yeah. Like, yeah, Casey, people from the tournament. Mean, like, think of a name outside this tournament. Yeah. That's where I, that's where I was thinking. I was like, man, who and, could And a third Marino? of the tournament were people brought in. Exactly. That's why I was honestly thinking that I was like, man, who could take the belt off Rena that's not in this tournament? Like a new refreshing matchup. And I was like, I was stumped. Wow. Like, I mean, I could think I, you can name a name, but like for it to be like, make sense and be good. And I have a good match. I couldn't think of one in like a few minutes. I was thinking about it, but I was thinking the same thing, like not light, but maybe just at the moment of who they're currently using for death matches might be on the lighter side, but I don't know. I think we're on the light side. We're on the light side of death matches, period. Anyway, the last year, personal opinion, I kind of like that. I, I, I don't. I love seeing like. I think one is good at night. Like it's it just adds a different vibe to the whole night. But then once you get the tournament, these have been awesome. I'd say it would be cool to have a death match end every show and end it with fucking chaos and fuckery. Don't make people wait around twenty minutes to broom the fucking ring. Just make that the, the ending every show. Like the, like the dirty, the dirty, gritty stuff should always be at the end of the show. Yeah. The end of the night. The you know, the stuff where the kids should go to the back of the room. <laughs> you know, I for me, late night has always meant as you go into the night, it becomes more special or more, you know. So Yeah. I mean, that would be kind of interesting to do. Maybe just to put it at the very end. I, I'm a big fan of scrambles. I'm a big fan of main events like being championship matches. But yeah. I don't know. This is an odd word, awkward one. Again, if intermissions just had something of substance in them to do while we waited, I don't mind putting that match anywhere. Fuck, put it as match number four. Yeah. Five. You know, I don't mind, you know, do an intermission right after that and clean it up. But yeah, so you're saying one, don't eat me. I'm going to say two. I say two a show. We have, we have on average nine matches a show. Two isn't terrible, but we need a group of people to support it. We don't have enough right now to support that. But I'm also been fine with it too. If I'm getting Vikingo versus these people, like I'm cool with seeing Vikingo right. instead of death matches. That also don't depend. Well, I'm saying places. I'm saying replace Blake versus Blackwood. Oh yeah, you yeah. know. Oh, I see. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I'm saying you know move one of the other ones off. Keep Vikingo on. I, I know that sounds shitty because I really, really, really like Blake, but yeah. it's just. Uh, I, I just the I don't know I don't know man I we need real challengers for this championship. Well, we will oh. talk a lot more about the championship uh, as we will be covering COS two uh, on our next episode, and there will be a lot of lot of t- title talk on that episode. Um, as we will get the finals and the main event of COS is Rena versus Masha. That crazy match, like <laughs> I don't want to like. Just above and beyond my expectations, that's for sure. And it was a great way and a great step up from both ladies and a great matchup for uh, the world tam- champion of C- uh, GCW and the ultraviolet champion of GCW. I think the champions went out and put on a performance that was very worthy of champions and representing the company of what the company stands for 
with each champion holding that belt. Um, I think that was a great main event that we were episode. So, shall we do some memorable moments? Yeah, I could keep mine pretty fast. Uh, sure. Jukas I was the big one for me. That was so awesome seeing um, Rena just mowing through the the opposition and having a killer tournament. Like I don't want to even say breakout because she's been breaking out every show she's on, but it did, did seem like it elevated her to another level, and I think a level now where she could very easily be a uh, contender, not just because she won the tournament, but as in let's say three months, another worthy challenger of the GCW World Title. So I think she put herself in the World Title atmosphere in um, terms of tiers and GCW that elevated her. Um, I think Sawyer and Casey Reck having that match with with her that was a crazy first round matchup. Seeing Despy in death match and GCW is kind of crazy and pretty cool to see. Um, and seeing Ciclope have that little nice run and John Wayne Murdoch was a fun matchup as well but i i enjoyed this term i thought it was it was i gave it an, probably an a minus b plus a minus tournament uh-huh it was good very good but i'd really like the ending and the pacing and how it kind of the booking made sense of the tournament as well so let's not bullshit then where would you put this up against other tos's where would you rank this one as up to of what you've seen so far of tos's tos3 is my number one by far um second okay. one is uh tournament 666 that was incredibly that was that was one of the more violent tournaments i've seen um yeah i i would probably i don't know let's see Uh, like i'm going i'm i'm on my watch through i'm on number like five and i'm still finishing that one that one was pretty crazy as well i I put it mid-tier it it was mid-tier tos i think like so give me this much give me what's below it if it's mid what's shittier than tos like what's below it what I'm I'm trapping you. What but TOS? I'm, I'm it, Let me see. What TOS? What TOS has been below this one? I'm just saying only because we've given above it. What's below it? That it's what is it better than? I'm gonna is what to that's a better way to put it. Quickly pull this up here. Hopefully no sound plays on. Mess it up the sound. Um, man, I don't know. Like I was watching number one and number two like before this one, and I was like, man, those were violent. Those were crazy good. Uh huh. Three was excellent. Three was by far the best. Four was pretty crazy and good. I'd, I'd probably put it in number four area, like right around number okay. four. Um, I, five, like I said, I'm watching now, it's outside. Seven last year with Drew Parker was pretty good. I thought that was a pretty good tournament with Drew Parker as well. A little abrupt at the end because of the injury. Yeah. and with, I don't know how much you remember about Tremont, that. They brought, yeah. they brought Tremont in because he would be able to work with Parker better. Yeah, because Parker just got the leg, the stabbed his leg two weeks prior in vegas um yep yeah uh, i mean i guess if i had to put an order i'm gonna go three six um and number one was pretty crazy and two maybe one and two after that so yeah this is like mid-tier this would be down there with three six okay so three six one two two and you've only seen that's missing what four five and eight because you haven't seen seven four was pretty good but i think put it yeah seven was last uh the last year's tournament i can remember that pretty good so this one know. was better than four, in your opinion only. We're yeah. not like, you know, any any others that it's better than? Uh, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm just giving them hard questions out because this is worth knowing and this is worth thinking about. Year over year, it should be better. Some of these years have just been fantastic. It's hard to top them, you know? I'm just wondering why I'm they didn't have June Kasai. Them. Like, I mean, I know booking-wise why, but like, I thought I, this, if June Kasai was in the tournament, that would have been awesome. Oh in a, my in a God. giant wild card. 
Like, I'll tell you this huge much. Wild card. You would have had a lot more watchers. Yeah. You would have had a lot more watchers. And let's be honest, this is the type of a tournament that features everything that he does. Yeah. I, I, yeah, uh, I would have definitely would have went out of my way to make sure I watched it live in any way. Fuck, just, just give me a first round injury and be like, we have a special, you know, we have a special person to fill in. I mean, even Miedo. And that special person would have been June. Like, knowing just Miedo's hurt and stuff. Uh, yeah. Because I would have been. But he probably doesn't want to wrestle yeah. three matches anymore in one night anyway. But just right. seeing him back in GCW, I thought was uh, cool and probably my big, biggest memorable moment of this uh, TOS. And I hate to say not, not to shit on yeah. Rena, but that was a big moment no, for me. No, it's just because Kasai is an instant threat. Yeah. That's what, that's what really makes it. And I love how that's the storyline. Like, it made sense. Everything was cool callback of what happened months ago in their last Japan. I thought it was awesome. I think it yep. made sense. It was cool. What are your memorable moments for TOS 8? Okay, so first time in the terminal. Um, it's it's a memorable moment because it's just the first time there. Um, my initial reaction is, no lie, that's it? Like, that was my thought on the terminal. I'm like, that's it? The ceiling's too low. Do they have a chance to jump in here? There's a fucking fan over the ring. Like, all the things I kind of had no understanding of. But my initial reaction was, did they literally just get downgraded to the fucking parking lot? Like, that's what it almost feels like is, hey, you know, we got bought out. The showroom got bought. The carousel room's gone. So, you know, we'll just move you out to the to the parking lot. So things like that is what it looks like. It looks like the parking garage at the airport somewhere or it looks uh, it doesn't look good yet. We'll see what happens there. I agree on that one. The The fans, I will say, I definitely want to put them in my memorable moments because they helped push the performers. They helped make the show. And by God, is it fun to watch a good crowd on TV? Like you guys brought it so fucking hard. And I was so proud to say these are GCW fans. The opening round storytelling and all the effort that was put in by Green Phantom. I just want to say that match was really good and I enjoyed it a lot. Janela's crown of thorns, I thought was cute. He obviously thought of that. Then when I made it and then put it under the ring so he could wear it later. It was my first time seeing Desperado. I really liked him a lot. I hope to see him more because I don't feel like I saw half of what he could do. Maybe put him in a scramble or just like we did with the cash to put him in a singles match. See what he's capable of. Throw him in there with Deppin. Throw him in there with Vakingo. Throw him in there with Commander. Throw him. In, I mean, really, the, the list goes on and on. That's the, uh that's one name uh-huh, you see? said, Takeshita. That's one name I missed. Like, I want to see him versus Vikingo. That's got to be booked somewhere. Like, that's like my new yeah. next like dream match. I want to see booked. Oh, there's quite a few names that came through in the this past uh, fall and whatnot that I'm just like, oh, um, yeah. It, it's really interesting to see that Janela has Janela and GCW right now has this intense love affair with DDT and not DDT. I'm sorry, but they have this intense love affair with Japanese wrestling companies right now. I find that very interesting. I. I hope that's beneficial, but I hope it's not just like a love affair where there's a lot of American t- people that are watching going, who's this, who's this, who's that? Half the time we see why they're coming over here. We're like, oh shit, you know, this guy's pretty damn good. I think Mal's now and then we get person. someone. Mal versus Mal. Blake is going to be the holy shit. We got to check out DDT more. And that Chris Brooks is another name I would want. I want to see come out here to do one of these deathmatch tournaments out here because he was Chris, awesome. Versus Chris Blackboard. Brooks and Phantom. Yep. Need to be on a team together. 
a legit six foot plus team that would come out there and just stomp the fuck out of people would be nice. Yeah, It'd that's a really nice. that's a name I want to see out here a little bit more is Chris Brooks with Mal. Mal's awesome. I'm glad he is coming back out here. Yeah, so there are some names, but uh, yeah, at first I'm like, what's with this love affair that Joey has? I mean, you know, we, <laughs> I think it's also because it's different is why people hold Japanese wrestling at a higher level to a degree. Let's be honest. It's just an island and it's not that big. What is so special about Japanese wrestling is I think the discipline to the sport and um, that I really love. But I mean, England's getting over. I mean, not England, but Europe's really getting overlooked quite a bit, not by GCW, but just overall. I think there's a lot of talent there that needs to find their way to America at some point. God bless GCW for going through Mexico as much as they do. I really do appreciate that. You know, Puerto Rico, speaking of islands, usually has a lot of talent. I'm really surprised we haven't seen many or any Puerto Rican talents GCW. So I want to um, see Carlito. Just for just for one match, maybe in Vegas, you know, bring him in and do something like that. Um, but yeah, I uh I really do like that they go out there and they really try to find talent from all over the world. Instead of just saying, well, we got Bobby from such and such state, I guess he'll do. You know, it, it is nice to have that. So, yeah, the independent scene is just so robust right now. And AEW especially is really picking through the talent quite a bit. And I, I appreciate that. But, you know, if we took a list of who was around last year that now is signed by AEW or Ring of Honor, I mean, the talent pool at GCW that everyone, well, the highest critics shit on are the ones that are all in jobs now in legit jobs doing great things. So I don't know. That's a deeper subject maybe for another day, but I still don't understand how WWE is going to really make talent like develop talent because I don't know. It's hard to have that love and you really do need that love when times get hard out there as a wrestler. So I I don't know. That's going to be interesting. The one thing I'm seeing, uh, I guess I will get into it for a moment. The one thing I'm seeing in WWE is that a lot of their new people, they all kind of look the same. They're all one big smear of 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 beige. Like ugh. they don't have too many people with personalities. L.A. Knight, fantastic personality. Some of these others, you know, they just have an it factor. But a lot of them, they just maybe because I haven't watched in a while. But a lot of the NXT people, I'm like, they're all forgettable. Most of them are forgettable. And you see this a lot in wrestling now is you're not meeting wrestlers who look like you wouldn't want to meet them in dark alleys. Now all your wrestlers look like like Hollywood people. I don't know. Maybe that's another talk for another time. But all this talent, if you start wrestling today, it sounds like you'll never be picked up by WWE ever. And that's depressing. I don't know. I just had to talk about that for a second. It's my tangent. Don't let me just sit here and talk about this stuff because all kinds of weird shit will come up. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just that's it was something funny I just wanted to mention, but it is weird how we have this fascination with this one island called Japan, and it's not a very big place. And for some reason, we really, you know, we really um, hold it to a really high standard, but there isn't much more going on than over here. You know? And if it was, we'd see it here in the States more. You really have to be a nerd to watch Japanese wrestling if you're in like you really have to be looking for it and a nerd to watch it because to watch it, it's like some chefs only watch certain specific chefs cook because they know how to do it right. Some people do wrestling so good. It's almost boring. 
I don't know. I don't know a better way to put it. So the average person may not want to watch that. I don't know. I also think sometimes that we're kind of in a dying sport and I worry about that too. Now we're into some deep thoughts. I do worry about that because at some point we're going to have to get back to stories. If we don't get to stories, then we're just going to have gymnastics. And I do think it's true. No one goes to gymnastics shows. What's the difference between a wrestling show and a gymnastics show? Well, that's, that's why great. we always talk about storylines and all. It's like, that's why, yeah. like, even little things like doing it online still is something that we're getting a reason of why you guys want to fight and why we should be invested in who wins this match. Yeah. But not so. I do like the whole dream, the dream matches aspect, but I also do like, obviously, storytelling, especially when it comes to titles and reasoning and booking of wrestling matches. Well, the Attitude Era wasn't made by the wrestling. That's my point right there. Yeah. One true. of the biggest fucking eras in wrestling had nothing to do with wrestling at all it had everything to do with storylines yeah storyline driven anyway <laughs> um the women's opening round match was the best of the first round possibly one of the best of the show in my opinion the four-way match was uh, a very full 14 minutes of breathing room i was happy to see that this had all four men who don't even need to be doing scramble work in a scramble there was so much talent that we had to showcase it. So I did like that. There was so much talent backstage, they had to throw them together. The Cyclope fan support and his rise into the semifinal was something that I really enjoyed. I'm with you. I would love to have seen him gone further. The Rina Toru bloody affair that went down was absolutely fantastic. And then the last spot, the one that most people will remember, is that scaffold spot in the main event. That's kind of how we always seem to remember things. So um, you mentioned Kasai, so I will leave that as my last memorable. <laughs> yeah, was a, this was a good TOSO. And like I said, next uh, next show we cover, Cage of Survival 2, we'll uh, have a lot more talking points on championships and all that stuff, and a lot more different uh, talent and uh, cards as well with the... Uh, <laughs> Cardona's and uh, Vikingo Ninja back. That was that was one to talk about. Well, then I guess just for fun, I'll bullshit for a minute about our upcoming show because we're heading out to it. We're going to L.A., dude. Yes. How do you feel about that? Yeah, like I said, uh, wins were kind of out of the sales once we saw like no Jordan, no uh, no Nick, no Gringo, no Joey. Kind of like uh, the the talent being booked there. Zack Sabre, Nick Gage, I'm very intrigued on in what the hell that's going to look like. Um, Macisos versus Sawyer, Way Sawyer and, and Joey Janela. Like, I don't know what to expect from Mado, so I don't know what kind of uh, expectations I have. Um, Kenny King versus Effie should be good. I'm glad to see Kenny King in GCW. I've always really liked him. Um, and yeah, Blake versus uh, Blackwood, we kind of already talked about that. Does it make sense to me? Not invested, not really caring. So I don't know. I'm going to go to this show and just hope for the best. There have only been like six me matches too. now. So I'm just hoping for a fun show. And I think they will have a lot to do because it also is the first night of AEW Collision, which last time they had uh, the kind of return to CM Punk. I was outside of the Vegas show when we were all watching it on our phones. And they uh -huh. they, they pushed back the, the starting time for Doors 30 minutes in the show so because they knew people were watching it. So I'm interested to see how much that has into effect on how the LA show kind of it's going to start later or whatnot. So I don't know. I'm just going in looking for a good time, get it out of Vegas, enjoy summer vacation, go see GCW and uh, see some new talent and see what happens at that show. Well, for me, OK, Zack Sabre versus Nick Gage. I'm looking forward to seeing 
Um, after I've watched enough of Zack Sabre, it looks like that he can have a classic wrestling match, which means he doesn't even need a healthy opponent. He could still make it look good. Love that. So between him and Nick Gage, I'm hoping that they have a 20 minute affair. Blake Christian and Kevin Blackwood. I think we already talked about that. I am happy, happy for Blake Christian. I do think between these two, it will be a good wrestling match. I just don't have anything that I, I like. He just does. Blackwood just doesn't interest me. I don't really have too much that's negative to say. It's just it doesn't interest me, and I'd rather see someone else. Rina Yamashita versus Maki Ito. I think that is going to be interesting, but we already know there's probably not going to be much in the way of blood. We're not trying to fuck up Maki's face. I know that for sure. So generally, they cut her in the head. But um, I, I don't know, man. We're kind of. It feels like we're thin here. Los Macisos versus Joey and Sawyer. Um, I don't know what to expect. I'm hoping it's more of a deathmatch style thing. And then Effie versus Kenny King. Kenny King is really good. Effie is entertaining. So I think that'll be a decent little match. It's just, I don't see, see anything really sticking out here. That's like, whoa, I mean, maybe the Saber and Nick Gage just based upon the fact that, you know, that's the big one maybe on the card, but if I were to rank these, I guess it would be Saber versus Gage. Uh, probably either Masiso, Sawyer, Sawyer, Joey, or Effie versus Kenny King would be my number two. Um, yeah, I'm I don't know. We get like a I'm not gonna lie. It's I really hope so too because why in the fuck would you book LA and then half of your regulars are out of town or off the continent? Yeah. So we get so we get like yeah. I mean, LA has locals now on the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i really wish we'd say i know like there are other people going fuck yeah i want to see this show well fuck yeah i, I want yeah, to see it's this gonna show be different and i'm hoping for the best it's, it's just, just all the, the fan favorites that we root God. for all the fan favorites we root for are going to be yeah. so it's like we're going to see something that like a lot of the main acts that we want to see out there but we're still going to go see what happens and i i'm hoping some surprises happen and some of the times like the la talent that sometimes we saw like la fights a lot of people we saw a collective will show out and uh show show up and show out so uh i'm keeping my mind open but my excitement level and like looking forward like i'm looking forward to going to it but like i'm not hyped like for a certain match like usually i am like oh i can see vikingo tonight or oh tonight's east west express you know like that's the only thing that's kind of down for but i'm excited and intrigued to see what happens well hopefully we get like if we're gonna get local maybe we get like juicy for now or something yeah like if i have to watch another shitty sandra moon match i'm gonna (laughs) fucking Oh my God. <laughs> hey, look, more Sandra. Mo- no, please, no. Yeah. We have her in Vegas here. And even Vegas people outside of her little house, like fan group are going, no. Yeah. Now, hold on. That's not everyone. That's not everyone. Because there are, I would say, about 50 50, maybe 60 40 fans. I think you're a fan. Um, I'm just personally not. And it's just stop trying to shove certain people on us, Blackwood included. Just stop trying to shove it on us. We're not really big fans of it. You can see it. Um, you can, yeah, you can see it in the excitement. Um, yeah. So um, Saturday, we have our champion, Blake Christian, against 2 and 12, Kevin Blackwood. Good luck, man. Jesus Christ. I'm going, I'm hoping for. I'm, I'm so lovely today. All right. Well, let's get him out of here before. Uh, yeah. Let's get out of here before I see something. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not even that. It's yeah. just, I'm not super excited and I'm allowed to say that. If if GCW was in this rec- this car- incarnation right here, I would not be as excited. I yeah. do like my regulars. I like East West. I like Cole. I like all these folks that are missing right now. They're part of my my pe- you know they're like my core that I like watching in GCW. Yeah, 
right, let's send him out of here. <laughs> okay, let's do All it, right, dude. Long, long live, live G. Oh fuck. C. Your turn. G. W. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>